Who will be the first round shocker this evening? What will be the position that slides down the draft board tonight? And can Biplab Mandel win this league for the third time in his career? Follow along with the live draft board tonight and listen to our pick-by-pick analysis as we call the action from the 2020 Football Guys Players Championship live on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour draft to see if any of these teams will have what it takes to win a $500,000 grand prize. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. Woo! I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour starts now. Let's begin now. New cologne on. Feeling so good. Change the color to my phone. Orange Kool-Aid goes good with Patron. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Hey, thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of the Balkaholics and Gerzakinatics listening in tonight live. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, as always, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Tonight we have a very special episode for you. It is the 2020 Football Guys Players Championship live on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour draft, and we will be covering it for the next two hours. You can follow the draft board at youtube.com slash highstakesfantasyfootball. You can uh, obviously chime in and uh, send your messages to us in the chat room right now. Myself, our mutual friend Rob and producer, and my best friend and audio engineer Bryce will be monitoring those as well as the emails that you send to highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com to try to get to them throughout the next 120 minutes of broadcast tonight. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, we are at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFFR. If you have any questions for us, send them in now. The earlier, the better. Uh, we'll try to get to all of them in our uh, fantasy feedback segment that we were going to be conducting throughout the show tonight. As a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, if you are looking for some fantasy football action as we are about a month out from the start of the regular season, MyFFPC.com is indeed your home. We got the Terminator Tournament, the Super Bracket Tournament, the Terminator Satellites, the Best Ball, the Best Ball Slims, uh, the Football Guys Players Championship, and of course, the FFPC Main Event, along with some uh, Dynasty Startups there as well. And if you already have an FFPC Main Event team, Remember, you can get a huge hookup on your additional teams there, $400 off each additional team that you add on. We are 10 days away from the next early draft slot announcement, so if you want to start plotting your way to a half-million-dollar grand prize, make sure you are getting in while the getting's good, myffpc.com. Tonight's lineup here for the Football Guys Players Championship live on the HSFFR. 
Uh, hitting leadoff tonight, it is pound for pound Wayne Ferguson, longtime FFPC uh, high stakes veteran Chris Carlson drafting second tonight, a uh, former guest of the HSFF hour and the road of his high stakes uh, lowdown. Vince Staffolino is picking third. Jimmy Wagner is going to be drafting fourth, still waiting for road of his to post his episode this week on the high stakes lowdown, but uh, uh, you've heard him on these airways before he is drafting fourth. The defending champ and looking for his third title in this league is Bip Lab Mandel drafting fifth. His good buddy John Terry, Aunt Jemima, drafting sixth tonight. Uh, Dean Sykes and Jim Corcoran are drafting seventh. They are the Fire Dogs franchise. And then our good buddy Ray Chung uh, contacting us from Hong Kong. I was communicating with Ray Chung earlier in the day. Uh, I don't know what time it is in Hong Kong, but I believe he's going to try to reach us tonight during the draft. So it could be super early, super late. I'm not sure. I am not a geography major, as is clear. A Uh, guy who it's right now 9:05 a.m. in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, okay. Saturday, August eighth. Dave, what do you call a guy who majors in um, like the study of insects and spiders and ants and anything with six legs that is very tiny? Oh, wasp guy. Okay. He is drafting tonight in the ninth spot. The truth warrior himself, Hudson Kern Reeve, picking ninth. Frank Imbornoni is uh, selecting 10th. Former guest on the, you know, we just had these guys on the HSFF hour less than two months ago. David Avedisian and Jeff Hirschhorn are picking 11th. And, of course, Liz Ballard is going to be picking 12th tonight. I'm going to head to the action right now that you can watch youtube.com slash high stakes fantasy football no surprise wayne ferguson goes with christian mccaffrey number one chris carlson selects saquon barkley at two vince staffolino is on board with ezekiel elliott at three and then jimmy wagner taking alvin Kamara at four jimmy wagner by the way i'm trying to think dave in the pros versus joe the very first pros versus joe's we had a couple of weeks ago i feel like jimmy wagner took uh alvin Kamara at the two spot uh, he might have done that. I think I he did. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty right. sure, yeah, that he took Kamara at the two spot. All right, so Dalvin Kamara goes to... Dalvin Kamara. Uh, Dalvin Cook, yes. excuse me, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to say, I was trying to get ready to say Biplab Mandel, defending champ. You know, it's Alvin Kamara, Dal, you know, it's close. Alvin Kamara, Alvin followed Dalvin. by Dalvin Kamara, yeah. a.k.a. Dalvin Cook, at the five spot tonight to Biplab Mandel. And then Miles Sanders, first surprise of the night, he goes to John Terry at the 106. Michael Thomas falls to the Fire Dogs. That Sykes and Corporon at the 107. And then uh, you have uh, Ray Chung leading off the tight end selections tonight at 108 with Travis Kelsey. I can't believe I'm phrasing it this way, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, oh. Dave, falls to the 109 <laughs> to Hudson Reeve here as he leads his off his draft with the rookie running what a back from Kansas City, allegedly. George Kittle uh, to Frank Imbornoni at the 110. Tyreek Hill uh, off the board to Abedisian and Hirschhorn at the 111. And then Derek Henry, the 112 to Liz Ballard. Let's analyze this first round. For anybody who had not listened to the pros versus Joe's leagues that we had covered for the last two weeks, which, by the way, if you are looking for some analyses on those pros versus Joe's drafts, um, the FFPC email that went out today lists, I think, five or six recaps of individual leagues in there. So you can catch up on that to see what went down, the thought process behind that. That's at uh, myffpc.com slash FFPC blog. No, it's just myffpc.com slash blog. You can check that out there. All right, so getting into this first round, Dave. Clyde Edwards-Lair, we talked about this. Where does he fall in among the top running backs in uh, in the FFPC drafts this year? 
Um, is he among the top four, the top five? Um, is he going at the right spot here tonight to the truth warrior himself, Kern Reeve, at the 109? Where would you draft him? Um, I'd probably be looking at a different player than him. Uh, you know, I might take him in that nine, seven, eight, nine. I, I think I said the last time we talked, you asked me this question similar, right. similar to it. I thought I said 9, 10, 11, 12. And I, so I think at 9, I'm, I'm looking at taking him, yeah. I think that, that seems all right. I mean, the other guys, McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, Kamara, Cook, are awesome. They are the bell cow for the most part, and they're proven. Uh, Edward Solaire is absolutely unproven in, in the NFL. And Miles Sanders is, you know, partially proven. So that you know, he gets a little bit of a bump. And then you have the Derrick Henrys and Joel Mixons, who have a few other, like, minor warts. Henry's not a big pass catcher. Mixon has to deal with the not the best offense although that might be changing. Someone can make the argument that those guys are on par with Edward Solaire, who has his own question marks, mostly inexperienced. Uh, but he walks into a fantastic situation, of course. You think the Bengals' um, offense improves this year then with Burrow and Higgins and so on and so forth? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just kind of curious here as we look at this. Um, do you think Edwards Hilaire at that 109, is he being drafted as a ceiling? Where would his ceiling be? Um, is it – Top three, top four? Yeah, I mean, it's the only top three or top four. I mean, okay. that's, and that's why people are taking them there. I think that, that there's a possibility. Uh, nothing else from me from the first round. Miles Sanders at the 106, I think you would be going elsewhere with that. Although you – no, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that back. You have kind of come around on Miles Sanders a little bit as far as what he's going to churn out for fantasy owners in 2020. I don't know if you've come around to him to select him in the middle of the first round, though. Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough call. I don't think I would take Michael Thomas. Uh, I would maybe look at Kelsey. Would you rather have Miles Sanders or Michael Thomas? I'd, probably, I'd rather have Miles Sanders than Michael Thomas. Really? Okay. All right. I just, I'm not. I'm not. A, I, I. You think Thomas regresses? Obviously. Though. I just am not a big believer in taking a wide receiver in the first round when you're when you're the running back. There is a running back drop off after those top guys. So I don't know. I I don't think I would take Michael Thomas. And there's some wide receiver value to be had later, in your opinion? Yeah, there's or a ton does, of receiver okay. value. Later. All right. Um, All right. Interestingly enough, when you get to pick uh, 13, let's consider how many Chiefs have been drafted at that point. Or pick 14, I should say. I was going to say pick, pick 14. 14. Yeah. We have three off the board? Is that We're accurate? Three off the board in the top 12 picks. So, yeah, so just uh, I'm going to lead into this in the second round here. For Chiefs, um, uh, skill position players, you had Travis Kelsey at the 108 to Ray Chung. The pick after that to Kern Reeve at the 109 was Clyde Edwards-Lair. And then you have Patrick Mahomes. Oh, excuse me, Tyree Kill. This is four. This is four Chiefs uh, skill position players. Tyree Kill to the 111, obviously, uh, to Abadissian and Hirschhorn, and then they, all, they get the stack there with Patrick Mahomes at the 202 tonight. They go Hill and Mahomes. Have we ever seen? So, so two-sevenths of the of first 14 picks. When's the last time we've seen this? I, I don't ever I don't recall, recall ever seeing four players from one team go in the top 13 picks. 14. Uh, uh, 14. Uh, I miss speaking the especially, first Especially, Dave, when you consider, you know, the opt-out deadlines behind us, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you had five Chiefs opt out uh, for Kansas City this year, and you had two of them playing in the same position, which not right. only would affect Mahomes, but affect Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as well. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. Yeah. But Damian Williams, for what it's worth, from what I understand, his mother has stage four cancer, and I think that's part of the reason he opted out. Yeah, I don't think there's – yeah. I mean, it makes sense that he would have – and by the way, who's the next guy after Damian Williams that affected fantasy drafts? Funchess? Yeah, it's been been so muted. And and in fact, you could – one could argue that – if this COVID thing wasn't going on, you'd have full practice, mini, you know, full practice camps and mini camps and all that stuff. And they're probably going to like a, way more injuries would have happened actually than right. people. Who That's a good out. point. Yeah. So been a little bit saved, although, you know, you had news tonight about Darius Geis. 
Uh, I don't know. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Why? When when he doesn't? When he gets auto drafted on accident? Maybe when the starting running back from the Washington football team. We don't even know who that is. Well, we're about to find out today. I I, I guess we're going to see. So you look at, um, and I'll just say this about the whole um, opt out thing. Um, Far be it for me, Dave, to accuse the players. Get on the get on the. <laughs> to accuse the players of doing something that they shouldn't be doing. But I looked at the opt-out list. 66 total players opt out in the NFL. Most of which were on the sucky list. That was my point. I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, you have a $350,000 stipend that you get if you are a high-risk player. I mean, I mean, i.e. fat. If you're like a fat lawyer. I wouldn't say fat, but like immunocompromised. Cancer, but diabetes. You, no, but if, if you have a family member who has any of those, fine. But also, if you're 350 pounds, I think you could be classified as high risk because you're fat. I'm not disagreeing with that. <laughs> um, but you look at the players that opted out, and I don't want to accuse the players of this, but I think there's a lot of guys that were on the borderline of being cut that chose. You know what? Even if I don't get the three hundred fifty thousand dollars to being a high risk, I can get one hundred fifty grand yep. if I opt out. Procedure. Now you that may be the kiss of death in your NFL career, by the way, because when you look at what these teams are going to do in twenty twenty one, when things are quote unquote normal, you could have a bunch of rookies and a bunch of players that did not take the year off, and um, you know that will be competing for a spot, and then these teams could look at you know you guys were on three different practice squads over the last two years right. you guys were not pedigreed players you guys took a year off from football so they, they it is a gamble it is a roll of the dice here for a lot of these players that opted out and i think they're just trying to cash in on um uh, on on what they can do uh in the future henry mudo by the way in the chat room right now says uh he believes they don't get to keep the hundred fifty thousand dollars. he thinks that's only a loan so these players could be, you know, end up owing the NFL over this decision as well, if that's true. I don't know if it's true or not, but I certainly don't want to doubt Henry Mudo. Uh, no comment. No comment. All right, perfect. I'm going to get you some com- – <laughs> I'm going to get Dave Gerzak's comments on the second round here as we move on. Joe Mixon at the third uh, – the one – excuse me, the 201. I was about to say the 113. This is oh, not a 14 team. team this is at, at uh, Demon Seaman for Liz Ballard. <laughs> Liz Ballard taking she named it. <laughs> Joe Mixon at the at the two oh one tonight. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had to get you to spew it out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to do it tonight. It's gonna be a weird you know, I I do seven of these in the row, stuff happens. All right. So Patrick Mahomes at the two oh two tonight to the beef of Cucamonga, that is Avidician and Hirschhorn. Devontae Adams slips the two oh three tonight to Frank Obornoni. Uh Kern Reeve goes Kenyon Drake in the uh, second round here at the 204, followed by Nick Chubb to Ray Chung, Josh Jacobs to the Fire Dogs. Fire Dogs franchise is Sykes and Corporon. And then you're looking at Julio Jones, Lamar Jackson, and Eckler after that. Uh, Julio Jones off the board to John Terry. Uh, Lamar Jackson to Bip Lab Mandelas. He starts off with Cook and Jackson. Eckler to Jimmy Wagner. And then you have uh, a, a, a sandwich, a running back sandwich, Oreo, if you will. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins to Vince Staffolino. Aaron Jones slips all the way to the 211 tonight to Chris Carlson. And then Chris Godwin off the board to Wayne Ferguson as he goes Christian and Chris Godwin for his first two picks. Anything, Christian and God. Yeah. I, <laughs> can't go wrong there, right? Yeah. Um, you, but except for he drafted a bear in the third round. So yeah, that I'm totally praying for him. destroys it. All right. So you look at the second round, Dave. Anything stand out to you? I guess Aaron Jones slipped a little bit. 
DeAndre Hopkins continues to fall. I guess we can talk about that a little bit because there is a history of receivers, stud or not, going to a new team and not playing up to what they had uh, previously for their original team. So Hopkins is a guy that I'm not necessarily – in fact, I looked at this today. I've drafted DeAndre Hopkins in one league, and it was prior to his trade. Out of how many? To the Arizona Cardinals, like 10, probably, okay. 9 yeah. or 10. Right. Right. Um, and I drafted him before he was traded. I look at where he's going right now, you know, where he went tonight, for instance, 210. Where would you start getting on board with Hopkins on a new team with Kyler Murray in Arizona? Uh, you know, again, in that type of range, I'm still looking. I'm personally still looking at running back. That's just where really? I'm okay. drafting this year. Even if Hopkins was available. Yes. I, I mean, I'm, I, I like Aaron Jones. I like Gurley. I like Fournette. So those guys are all available. Uh, I think I'm passing on Hopkins and letting someone else take him. And that's fine. It, you know, he could have a heck of a season. That's totally fine with me. Let uh, me ask you a question here. Um, what if Hopkins was still on the Texans and he still had Deshaun Watson throwing to him in the same offense that he was uh, accustomed to? Would that change your your mind on on it any would, of this? It would let me. I would consider him more, but I, I don't think it would totally change my okay. mind. Wow, this I, is interesting. Yeah, you know, it's fine. I mean, but yeah, with having the stability of the same team, same offense, yeah, I think I would have to think about it for sure. Okay, and and by the way, he probably wouldn't be available there. Probably not. Uh, probably the, not. As as we look at this, speaking too. of available, it's interesting that you know in almost all the pros versus Joe's leagues, either Mahomes or Lamar Jackson were available. Probably about the three hundred one, three hundred two, three hundred three. So one of the two were. Uh, here, you did not even have that opportunity as as late as the 208, or 209, I should say. He wanted the right. 208. So 209 or later, those guys are gone. All right, let's get into the third round here tonight. Uh, Wayne Ferguson uh, kicks off the third round with Allen Robinson as his number two receiver. A couple of running backs off the board. Chris Carlson takes Todd Gurley. He starts off running back, running back, running back to uh, begin the HSFF hour draft tonight. Leonard Fournette off the board as Vince Staffelino's number two running back. Juju Smith-Schuster is the number one receiver for Jimmy Wagner, followed by Mark Andrews. So once again, we get the hookup here with Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, this time going to this league's defending champion in Bip Lab Mandel as he gets Jackson and Andrews. Who graciously named his team defending champion. <laughs> I was thankful for that, actually, <laughs> uh, to, when I was doing my research on this. Melvin Gordon off the board right after that to John Terry as his number two running back to pair with the aforementioned Miles Sanders. Uh, Zach Ertz, who's a real-life teammate of Miles Sanders, goes off the board to Sykes and Corcoran as their number two, or excuse me, number one tight end, number four tight end off the board tonight. James Connor to Ray Chung, Mike Evans to Kern Reeve, followed by Kenny Galladay to Frank Imbornoni. Chris Carson will be the number one rusher, at least if the draft holds uh, um, stock in this. Uh, Chris Carson will be the number one rusher for the Beef of Cucamonga. That is, of course, David Advedisian and Jeff Hirshhorn, and then Amari Cooper wrapping up the third round here as the number one receiver to Demon Seaman, Liz Ballard's team. <laughs> I want to head out to the 718 after we have three rounds in the books here tonight and go out to those airways. Who is this? You're on the air with Dave and Balky on the HSFF Hour. What up, players? Triple J, Jim Wagner. What's going on, guys? Jim, it is good to hear from you. It is good to uh, see you in one of these drafts again tonight. So at the number, so we had talked about this on the high stakes lowdown, which 
I, I thought would be out by now. Rotoviz should be publishing it this weekend at the at the latest. But we had talked about what you did at Pros versus Joe's at the number two spot, and you were in a situation tonight at the four where you you kind of had to look for value there, right? Um, you, you couldn't go uh, off the board, off ADP. You had to go with who you thought there, and I feel like you were pretty happy with Alvin Kamara, right? One hundred percent. Look, Alvin Alvin Kamara has a good season. I'm going to be in the money on a lot of leagues. Alvin Kamara has a bad season. It's going to be one of those years. It's it's real. It's that simple. <laughs> I'm sold on I, Alvin I, Kamara I, and the Saints. I I am with you on that. I've drafted uh, Jimmy. Or excuse me, uh, Jimmy Wagner. I have not drafted Jimmy Wagner in any leagues. I've drafted Alvin <laughs> Kamara in a lot of leagues this year. I, I feel like he's in for a bounce back for sure. Um, you get to the second round here tonight, Jimmy. Austin Eckler was still around. Did you did you think he might have a chance of slipping there because he hadn't? I would, let me tell you, that was a hard that was a hard choice to make because I really wanted DeAndre Hopkins there. Like I was, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't pull the trigger on Hopkins. He's on a new team, new QB, no preseason. Man, I really wanted to, and I'm probably you know regret it, but uh, I had to go with Eckler. And I'm not, and I'm happy with the Eckler pick. I'm happy that he fell to me, but I was it was a tough call. You were probably hoping, honestly, instead of um, Pip Lab Mandel taking Lamar Jackson there, that he would take either Hopkins or Eckler and make the decision easy, right? 100%. 100%. I was sitting there. I'm actually, like, in a Discord with a couple of guys, and I was 100% on board with Lamar Jackson there. I don't think we've talked about this at all as we're talking with uh, Jimmy Wagner. You can follow him on Twitter at Triple J's Fantasy Report, uh, a guy who's won a lot of money over the years in the FFPC main event in the Football Guys Players Championship. Your third round here, your, your third round pick, Jimmy, you take Juju Smith-Schuster at the 304. Tell us why you think he is a good so, bounce-back candidate this year, uh, obviously with the return of Roethlisberger, but there's probably more to that. No, it's you're right. I am I am 100% committed on Juju. I think you know if you're going to be taking a wide receiver in the first 24 picks, I I would have no problems taking Juju. I the kid has a ton of talent. Last year, it, the Pittsburgh just had bad luck with injuries all everywhere, all across the board. I'm fully banking on a full bounce back. Ben Roethlisberger will be back throwing up bombs to Juju and. I think I got wide receiver one value in the third round here, and I would have no problem drafting him with the likes of Julio Jones for sure. I mean, how many times has Julio Jones got to burn fantasy football players before we stop drafting him in the first 24 (laughs) picks? It's all the touchdowns, though, right? Because he continues to put up catches and yardage. It's just he had him last year. He he had him last year, but you look. I mean, this this is a guy who's in his 30s, Dave, and and for the most part has let us down because of the lack of touchdowns. And I think that's the problem with a lot of fantasy owners uh, that shy away from him in the first round. Well, now you can get him uh, here in the mid-second, uh, and, and it makes sense there. Jimmy, you did not have the opportunity to make this decision in the fourth, but had it been one pick differently, you could have picked between Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Now, you ended up going with Cooper Cup as far as Rams receivers. You had your pick between both of them. Is it still Cup over Woods? It's still Cup over Woods. The only look, I just the only thing that scares me with Cooper Cup is the injury history. I mean, the guy seems last year he got banged out at the end. I am, uh, I don't know. I just feel like he's the go-to guy down there. Jimmy, uh, uh, 
Clyde Edwards Hilaire tonight goes at the 109. Do you feel like that's where he will be going when the FFPC main event really heats up coming up in a couple of weeks, or do you think he's going to go higher or lower? I, he's not. I, I was surprised. I've seen him go that high. I've seen him go in the first spot in the pros versus Joes. I'm just not touching him that high up. Uh, I'm just not comfortable with it. I think that's way too risky. And, you know, it, he, he could end up making some people a lot of money. I'm just not. I'm just not feeling it. I'm just not that high. You are coming up on your sixth-round pick here at the 609. You already have two running backs, two receivers, and a tight end, a well-balanced squad. What are you thinking here in the sixth round, Jimmy, as you try to continue to build what could be a league winner here? I think I'm on the clock right now. I am, I'm real torn. I was hoping Mozart from the 49ers was going to stick around. But in this uh, round six, looking for the value, I'm going to have to start more. I'm going to have no option. I'm going to have to start moving to flex position. I'm feeling T.Y. Hilton. All right. Is he still there? Let me just pull it up. I don't see him selected, so I'm sure you can can pick him here. No question, Jimmy. The thing is with Hilton this year is – well, not even this year, but – Dave, this is a guy that I have shied away from. I don't know about you because I always viewed him as a big play type guy, but that's not accurate because he is, he is the number one receiver. He's been the number one receiver getting number one targets when he's healthy. And you look at this year, Phillip Rivers, uh, a veteran uh, quarterback, uh, should be able to pipe the ball to him. T.Y. Hilton, as we look here in at, at the sixth round of Jimmy, and normally, by the way, over the last four days in um, in uh, the Football Guys Players Championship, T.Y. Hilton normally goes to the 604. This is this is actually a little bit, almost a half round of well, value here for Jimmy because Dave. I was sitting here yeah, busy talking value. to you guys on the phone. Normally what I do is I pull a player <laughs> up on, you know, one of the million websites out there, and I just check, make sure everything's still legit. And now I'm looking T.Y. Hilton with a soft hamstring injury. So that's probably why he dropped tonight. But fortunately for us, it's uh, early in the summer. He, he, yeah, he, he'll be fine, I think. And I think it was actually not a bad pick because you had a, a big tight end and running back run with Kevin right in front of you. So then kind of, you know, what do you want to have, be like the 12th guy to take a running back? You know what I mean? Out of those last right, 12 picks. Yeah. So I, I think was, that made sense. Yeah, I was looking at who was left. There was nobody I, nah, nobody I felt happy with six-round value with who is left. So we'll see, guys. Any further questions? Otherwise, I'm going to get back and concentrate on this draft. Last yeah, year, from no, the 11th spot, it, Jimmy. I just missed the playoffs. Yeah, I was so mad at myself, man. So this year, I definitely got to win the whole league. I appreciate the time, guys. Jimmy, Jimmy, good luck to you. We appreciate you calling in. That is Jimmy Wagner at Triple J's Fantasy Report on Twitter. A uh, guy that you can listen to on the road of his high stakes lowdown this week. Like peanut butter is to jelly, T.Y. Hilton is to soft tissue injuries. And that is the reason that Jimmy got him so late tonight. Whatever. A, uh, an, an investment well worth taking in the sixth round, Dave, given his talent and the offense there. Uh, nice cover up. Well, I'm just telling you, I, that's how I feel. Yeah. Well, uh, listen, good. if I draft T.Y. Hilton this year, which I will. I am totally res- resigned to the fact that he will not play a 16-game season. Yeah, you say that all the time. And, then you, and most you, of the time, I'm right. Yeah, sometimes you're right. <laughs> you some, say that about, did same. Aaron Jones miss the games last year? I don't know. He might have. I don't think so. But I think all heading last year, oh, my hey, God, listen, Aaron Jones, all he does listen. is miss games. Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, he never played a full season. Aaron Jones, listen to that. Well, he did play one full season. But I'll tell you this. <laughs> Coming into the 2019 season, two out of the last three years, he ended on injured reserve with knee injuries. 
I will. So that's a fact. That's correct. That that is a fact, and I will eschew. That doesn't Aaron necessarily jo- mean it's predictable. It, it, no, and it doesn't. And maybe I could get screwed on it. And quite frankly, last year I did. And also this year, I've got him on like four teams already. So I'm huh. sure he's going to go down with a knee injury. And here's all I'm well, sure. That's how you're here's, yourself. Here's how I'm sure of it, Dave. I have AJ Dillon on zero teams. Oh, there you go. That's, that's, <laughs> that's all right. All right, moving on to the fourth round here, ladies and gentlemen. Odell Beckham uh, leading things off at the 401 to Liz Ballard. Le'Veon Bell uh, right after that to Abadissian and Hirschhorn. Then you have David Johnson, the number one rusher for Frank Imbornoni. DJ Moore to Kern Reeve after that. I feel like Kern takes DJ Moore in a lot of leagues. Am I wrong about that? Or? He's a smart fella. He's a smart fella. All right, so DJ Moore to Kern Reed there. Adam Thielen, the pick right after that as the number one receiver to Ray Chung. Then you're looking at Jonathan Taylor, uh, a guy I may have gotten in my Kentucky Dynasty League draft tonight. No idea, Dave, and we'll check that before we go off the air tonight, good, if I remember. Good old Kentucky. Good old Kentucky. The only place that does live rookie drafts. Two oh six. We do them occasionally. Seven, 75 second clock, by the way, oh, on that. It? Not 60 or 90. FFPC does offer them, but we wait until the very end. Right. Only if you're dire and desperate. Here's what interests which And by the way, we love Kentucky. I don't want to make it seem like we're ripping on it. Sucks. We, no, it's not, it does not suck. It's awesome. the worst. Dave and I are both <laughs> flying down there along with uh, former Kentucky overall champ, Kurt Awe. It is going to be a great time. The one uh, thing we're, the nice, the really the nice thing is that we are flying down. We usually yeah. drive down. Is Kurt, buddy, Kurt is flying officially? Yes, Kurt's okay. flying. Our buddy Leroy is getting knee surgery, so he's at, which opting, sucks, yeah. He's on the opt out list. And uh, at Tupacker is having some sort of first communion for one of his daughters, or what's going on with that? Yeah, who cares? Whatever. All right. <laughs> but, so Jonathan I mean, Taylor. I care, but sort of not really. Jonathan Taylor is the final non-receiver taken in the fourth round. We you will say, miss him though. That's Balky, what are you talking about? And I say this: the last six picks of the fourth round here tonight, all receivers. Calvin Ridley to uh, John Terry, Robert Woods to Biplab Mandel. Cooper Cup to Jimmy Wagner, DK Metcalf to Vince Staffolino, Terry McLaurin to Chris Carlson, and then DJ Chark to Wayne Ferguson. Dave, let's look at these receivers. You know what question I'm going to ask you. Ridley, what do you like the most? Ridley, Woods, Cup, Metcalf, McLaurin, Chark. If you had the choice of any of those, where are you picking? <laughs> I think for just, 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 yeah, and, like, I'll just go first here on this one. Sure. This is kind of, I appreciate it. Uh, this is kind of obvious. And it's the easy way out, but I think it is Ridley for me, even though he was the first one off the board. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I kind of wanted to not say that, but I, ha- I, I think I kind of have to. Um, you know, they're all they're, you can make the argument that they're all, I don't, fine, they're all fine picks in various ways. I don't necessarily dislike any of them. I'll yeah, tell you that right I know, now. That's kind of, you know, it, I, I, I can't get, I can't say, oh, this, I thought this pick was terrible. I thought it was interesting that Ray Chung took Adam Thielen first before all those guys. I like that Thielen pick, too. Yeah, but I can totally see the argument. I mean, Thielen himself, I mean, he, he was crushing it. I mean, he, with, and without Diggs there, I, I feel like he's going to have a tremendous season. All right, from a draft uh, philosophy standpoint, I know you're not a big Beckham guy this year. There are nine receivers I'm that were chosen. Beckham guy in general. Okay. Because there, were, there were nine receivers chosen in the fourth round. I can definitely get on board with any of these nine in the fourth. There's not – I don't think there is one. I know you probably would say, well, Bulky, I wouldn't take it back on there. But for me, for all those receivers, I could totally – I will probably myself not cross any of these guys off when it comes to me in the fourth round. 
I can see these guys as excellent fourth round picks. Yeah, and I, you know, I think when you have veteran players like this, that's why they went where they went. I mean, they all a lot of the picks make a lot of it makes sense. I mean, guys, guys are motoring on here, Dave. Sorry to cut you off. Dak Prescott at the five hundred one tonight as the third quarterback off the board to Wayne Ferguson, Mark Ingram to Chris Carlson, followed by Kareem Hunt to Vince Staffolino. Darren Waller is the number five tight end. He is the starter for Jimmy Wagner here in the fifth round. Uh, trio of receivers then. Tyler Lockett to Biplab Mandel. A.J. Brown to John Terry. And Cortland Sutton to Sykes and to uh, Corcoran there in the middle of the fifth round. Then you're looking at Evan Engram as the number uh, six tight end off the board. And the first uh, team to back up his tight end is Ray Chung. Took Travis Kelsey in the first. He gets Evan Engram in the fifth. Down, uh, David Montgomery to uh, Kern Reed, followed by Ronald Jones to Frank and Bornoni. You're looking at Keenan Allen to uh, Avedisian and Hirschhorn. And then J.K. Dobbins wraps up Liz Ballard's uh, fifth round, as that is the number three running back off the board. Let's keep things going here as Ballard goes back-to-back rookie running backs. Dobbins in the fifth, Cam Akers at the 601. That makes it three straight running backs that are rookies this year as Avidisian and Hirschhorn take DeAndre Swift as their number three rusher. Hayden Hurst will be backing up George Kittle for Frank Imbornoni's squad at the 603 tonight. Kyler Murray, fourth quarterback off the board to Kern Reeve, followed by Devin Singletary to Ray Chung and Raheem Mostert to the Fire Dogs franchise at the 606 tonight. Tyler Higby. Oh, that Tyler Higby is going to be the number uh, seven tight end off the board. And that he goes to uh, John Terry here as his starter. And then all receivers for the remainder of the sixth round. You have Marquise Brown to Biplab Mandel. T.Y. Hilton is the number three uh, receiver for Jimmy Wagner. Devontae Parker, number three receiver for Vince Staffolino. And then A.J. Green and Deontay Johnson wrap up the sixth round. A.J. Green, by the way, the number two receiver tonight for Chris Carlson as he has a McLaurin, A.J. Green start. Let's go out to the 856 to take another phone call here, Dave. Tonight, you are on the air with the high-stakes fantasy football hour, Dave and Balky coming at you. Who is this? Uh, this is Dave and Jeff uh, checking in from the draft. Picking from the 11 spot tonight, the Beef of Cucamonga. What does the team name mean? Yeah, what's the team name, team name mean, uh, Dave? Tell us the story. Yeah, they're little plays on Grateful Dead songs with, with the word beef incorporated. <laughs> <laughs> no real meaning. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Guys who Everybody's were on the, uh, all of our... Oh, okay. We're, we're getting let's talk about this. Yeah, let's talk about this tonight. What picks um, were, were you sniped on tonight, uh, Dave, as, as you guys were drafting from the 11 spot? Um, well, early on, uh, we lost... Um, we were looking at Connor and Mel Gordon. <laughs> we were hoping for them to fall in the third round. Uh, we're happy with Chris Carson and Bell. Um, we're not thrilled with Keenan Allen. Actually, when we checked in uh, last time in our call, we, we told you that we were trying to avoid him. <laughs> but he was the best receiver at and, the time. And so up, we, yeah. yeah, we ended so up taking when, him. When it came to- yeah, when it came to your first-round pick with, with Tyreek Hill, you guys had to be pretty thrilled with that, right? I mean, I know, like, Devontae Adams typically goes ahead of him, but I'll tell you this, in the Scott Fishbowl this year, I had the decision between Adams and Hill, and I also went with Hill over Adams. Oh, yeah. It, it was definitely our, our plan. We wanted to do the sack with Mahomes. Yeah, it was our plan. We were, we were looking at Miles Sanders and uh, Clyde Edwards, but that did not – they, they didn't fall into our, our hands, so 
we went with plan B, which was to stack Hill and Mahomes, and we're pretty happy with that. Something different for us. Yeah, I know. I like that. It's interesting, too, because we were covering the pros versus Joe's drafts the, the past uh, couple weeks, and I think number four this past Sunday saw Chris Carson and Le'Veon Bell go, uh, both go in the fifth round. You guys grabbed them in the third and fourth tonight as your, uh, your starting running backs, and while I know that that wasn't the same value, I, I got to believe with the volume that you're going to get from Carson and Bell, those seem like smart decisions for you guys as you try to win this league. Yeah, they were all, all, That's all we did. We're the only options the best options. And then there was a run, many receivers taken after. There's huge runs of receivers in this draft. Just curious on this, and, and Jeff, I'll pose this question to you. You you guys were on the clock in the sixth round. You, you ended up taking DeAndre Swift at the 602. What's interesting about that pick is the two picks previous were both rookie oh. running backs. Were you guys were you guys already made up your mind on Swift, or, or did you have your eye on one of those other rushers in Dobbins or Akers there? No, it, it was any one of those three would have been. Well, not Dobbins. It was either Swift or Akers. I was happy with either one of them. Yeah. So, no, so not Dobbins why, yet. Maybe next year. So is it just the Mark Ingram factor that has you guys shying away from J.K. Dobbins this year, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I just don't know much about him yet to, to make that pick. I like Swift. Dave, you guys ended up waiting until uh, the seventh round to take a tight end, which we'll get to shortly, but it, it ends up being Noah Fant there. And I only ask this because I have, I've been in a couple of tight end premium leagues this year, and, and I ended up, I waited on tight end as well, and ended up with Noah Fant as my number one tight end. Tell the listeners, whether they're drafting in the Football Guys Players Championship or the FFPC in general, why Noah Fant is not a bad tight end to fall back on if you wait on the position. Honestly, I've been reading a lot about him. That that's the reason that we went that that route. I wanted Higby, but I know there was no way we were getting him. So what I've been reading about Font and researching about him, I, I like him. We, we haven't generally been going tight end early. Yeah. Well, it, which would make sense with Fant then. Um, that that. So just it just kind of just, Jeff, I'll I'll throw this question to you. Just kind of in general. When you're drafting in tight end premium leagues, do you guys feel like you normally wait on tight end just as a rule? Not the last couple of years. This is the first year we've actually waited. It's it's never worked out for us ever drafting tight ends early. <laughs> ever. <laughs> even even at a point and a half, it just does not work. Not for us. I can't speak for other people, but not us. In in the first round, we have had uh, trouble when we pick a tight end. We have we have difficulty filling spots later. Jordan Reed was our downfall. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Reed was again. a lot of people's downfalls. So I'll say that right now. He was mine too in several leagues. So that makes sense there. All right, fellas, <laughs> we are we are coming up. We are coming up at the nine eleven here uh, pick for you guys. Uh, tell us who you're thinking about, not only at the nine eleven, but as we move forward into the ten oh two. What are you guys looking at here on the turn? Well, we just backed up uh, DeAndre Swift with Carryon Johnson because we were looking at a runner, so we may as well have a cuff there. And we're <laughs> hoping to, I guess, play play another receiver. And uh, assuming that the next two picks are clear, we're hoping for a Jamison Crowder to fall our way. So yeah, I, I see Janu Smith. Gone. He's gone. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Well, we better st- yeah. 
we're gonna. We're, you know, I, know what, I, I, I. Preston, Shepard, Shepard or Williams? I'm Preston. Yeah, Preston. We're gonna take Shepard Preston. Shepard is actually Williams. all that. Yeah, he just went. All right, so they, we're gonna we're gonna go with Preston Williams. Hopefully, Liz isn't listening. No, nah, she's not. She's all, she's all set on this one. Um, we'll know if she is if she <laughs> takes Preston Williams here, Dave, at the 10-01 tonight, but I, I don't uh, foresee it happening. It's a well-balanced team, Dave and, and Jeff, that, that you have here. You're looking at four running backs, three receivers, a quarterback, and a tight end. And then coming up, I, I uh, it, it is Preston Williams here, so you do get four yep. receivers. Gentlemen, I certainly appreciate always hearing from the both of you. Thank you so much for not only participating in this draft, but for uh, chiming in with us tonight. Good luck in the Football Guys Players Championship in all your leagues this year, gentlemen. It's always a treat from both of you guys, and good luck on the Preston Williams pick. Thank you, guys. All right, have a good one. Bye. That was Dave Avedisian and Jeff Hirshhorn, ladies and gentlemen, chiming in tonight. Uh, Guests on the HSFF Hour roughly about two months ago. Uh, They came on, uh, won a lot of money in this contest over the years, and this could be another incident of them winning a lot of money tonight as they try to dethrone Biplab Mandel uh, as the uh, champion of this league moving forward. Dave, where did we leave off here? I feel like it was the 601. Talked about. Um, yeah, I don't think we got to most or no. Oh, uh, no, I think uh, we got we got deeper. Yeah, no. So here's what happened. We got to the Higby pick at the 607 tonight to John Terry, and then there's a bunch of receivers. Marquise Brown to Biplab Mandel, T.Y. Hilton to Jimmy Wagner, Devontae Parker to Vince Staffolino, A.J. Green to Chris Carlson, and Deontay Johnson to Wayne Ferguson. Moving on to the seventh round, Ferguson goes with Tariq Cohen as his number two running back here at the 701. Another wide receiver run here. Tyler Boyd to Chris Carlson is his number three. Michael Gallup to Vince Staffolino is his number four. Julian Edelman as the number four to Jimmy Wagner. And then you have Stefan Biplab Mandel. Will Fuller is the number four receiver to John Terry. You see Hunter Henry go off the board after that to the uh, 707 selection. That is Dean Sykes and Jim Corker on there as they back up Zach Ertz with Hunter Henry. Jarvis Landry to Ray Chung, followed by Rob Gronkowski to Kern Reeve as his starting tight end. James White to Frank Imbornoni, back-to-back tight ends, finish off the seventh round. 7-11, Noah Fant to Avedisian and Hirshhorn. Mike Jasicki to uh, Liz Ballard here to end the seventh round. I'm going to motor through the eighth and ninth as best as I can here, as uh, these guys are professional drafters. You're a real trooper, Yeah, I'm trying to be. Uh, Brandon Cooks is the number three receiver to Liz Ballard. Darius Slayton at the uh, 8.02 tonight to Avedisian, and Hirschhorn is their number three receiver. Kishon Vaughn, number four rusher for Frank Imbornoni. Who also owns Ronald Jones. He who does own, uh, thank you for pointing that out. Jerry Judy, a guy you like this year, to Kern Reed. Uh, off the board at the 804, and then a bunch of running backs. Antonio Gibson to Ray Chung. Alexander Madison to uh, um, uh, Sykes and Corcoran, who do not own Dalvin Cook. Jordan Howard off the board to John Terry. Matt Breida to Bip Lab Mandel, followed by Philip Lindsay to Jimmy Wagner. Uh, you get a tight end wide receiver sandwich here. Jared Cook to Vince Staffolino. Marvin Jones to Chris Carlson and TJ Hawkinson, starting tight end. For Wayne Ferguson at the 812. And then right after that, Tevin Coleman, the San Francisco 49ers running back, is the 901 to Ferguson tonight as his number three rusher. Russell Wilson will be calling the signals tonight for Chris Carlson and all season long as his number one quarterback. Back to back tight ends for Staffolino, Cook in the eighth, Dallas Goddard at the 903. Sony Michelle to Jimmy Wagner, followed by Zach Moss to Bip Lab Mandel, who, by the way, 
does not own Devin Singletary. Number one quarterback drafted by John Terry is Deshaun Watson here at the 906. Jameson Crowder and Christian Kirk to uh, Sykes and Corcoran and Chung, respectively. Then you have Austin Hooper backing up Gronk for Kern Reeves. Sterling Shepard off the board of Frankie and Bornoni. Carrion Johnson, who you heard live on the HSFF Hour here with Abedician and Hirshhorn. And then Jonu Smith backing up Liz Ballard's Mike Jasicki here uh, in the ninth round. A lot of backup tight ends, Dave, so far as we look at this. You're already looking at six teams with backup tight ends through nine rounds. Will that change uh, going forward as far as pushing the tight ends up? Only time will tell, and my voice, which we will go on to in the 10th round here. Tony Pollard to Liz Ballard. Preston Williams, you heard that pick to Abedician and Hirshhorn. DeAndre Washington, the supposed handcuff to uh, Frank Imbornoni here. Not, that's not the Imbornoni handcuff. That is the Clyde Edwards-Alaire handcuff in Kansas City. DeAndre Washington, the 10-03 tonight. Damian Harris off the board. He's moving up the 10-04 to Kern Reeve. You have Jalen Rager to uh, Ray Chung, followed by Carson Wentz the number one quarterback for the Eagles and the number one quarterback for the Fire Dogs. That is Dean Sykes and Jim Corcoran. You have Duke Johnson, the backup running back, who did not go to the David Johnson team tonight. That is to John Terry tonight at the 10:07, followed by Daryl Henderson, part of the glut of running backs going on in Los Angeles for the Rams. Uh, he goes to Bip Lab Mandel. Blake Sharwin will indeed back up Darren Waller for Jimmy Wagner. You have Emmanuel Sanders, the brand-new New Orleans Saint, the new New Orleans Saint here at the 10-10 tonight to Vince Sapolino. Latavius Murray, his real-life teammate, goes at the 10-11 to Chris Carlson, followed by the rookie uh, wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, C.D. Lamb, as the number five pass catcher, or wide receiver, I should say, for Wayne Ferguson. You got caught up. That is a lot of picks to get through. That's a lot. I could have gone to the bathroom. I should have really gone, but I don't you, have to go. You totally should have. And to celebrate, I'm going to go to the 612 tonight, Dave, <laughs> which I could be wrong on this, but I believe we're talking to the Min- defending champion. Minneapolis? Yes. Very, very possible. I don't know. We're going to find out right now. You're on the air with Dave and Balky. Who's this? Hey, guys. This is Biplab. The notorious BIP is in the house. Biplab, what was your Hi, team name when you? you won this league? Was it indeed the notorious BIP, or did, was it Rainmaker? Was it something else? I don't remember. I think it was notorious BIP, and I stopped using that name because all I was getting was 10, 11, 12 picks with that name. <laughs> <laughs> I know Dave, Dave will not getting... agree, but I... <laughs> I know Dave will no. not agree, but I still think there's something with the randomizer, and there are certain names that work. <laughs> It's all based on names. Yeah, you got to call it like Tupac or Easy E or something like that, and I think that yeah, we're more of a we're more of a West Coast Easy B. I know we're based in New York, but we're more of a West Coast rapper type. Oh, we're total West Coast when it comes to the gangster rap. Yeah, that's that's not even a question. Gin and Juice, name your team after some Snoop Dogg songs or something. Wu Tang is totally secondhand uh, gangster rap for us. Like, just forget (laughs) it. It's not even a question. All right, Pip, how how so you're you're drafting tonight from the five spot. We are more than halfway through. What kind of grade would you give your team thus far as you are 11 picks in? Um, I, I would say I'm doing okay. I probably uh, missed out on a running back uh, with Cook early. But, you know, in this draft, I have a lot of folks I know like Vince, John, uh, Wasp, and I draft a lot with them, and I knew that, you know, I had to – 
change my strategy a bit because they know players I love, I know players they love, and you know it was going to be difficult. And that's one reason why I went Lamar and Andrews stack. I typically don't do this, you know, but when you draft 20 teams, this is probably the only team where you do that. I love otherwise going running back heavy early and then stack up receivers. So that's the only piece I missed out, but I thought I got some good value with uh, digs later. And I like my receiver stack, so I just need to hit on a running back late or in the waiver, and I should be fine. I mean, Lamar Jackson himself is equal to two players, so I feel good there. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Biplab, you, you, you know, you, you talked about the Jackson-Andrew stack. You also took Hollywood Brown, the suddenly huge Marquise Brown, in the sixth round tonight. If you didn't already own Jackson and Andrews, would you have gone a different way there? Or was the, was the Hollywood Brown selection independent of what you already had in your squad? No, it, it, it was independent at that stage. You know, I would have probably taken Keenan Allen over him. But as a receiver three, uh, I liked the upside of Hollywood Brown there. So that's that's why I went with him. Um, you know, yeah, it, it was irrespective. And I didn't want to touch uh, T.Y. Hilton over there. So. Well, and the thing that's nice is you got Marquise Brown, but you didn't really have to overpay for him. You right. kind of got him right where he normally goes. So that, was a, that worked out well for you. Biplab, when you're looking at the we, – we asked this question to Jimmy Wagner earlier when, when he had the – you know, he ended up choosing Cooper Cup, but you didn't leave him uh, the decision. Why did you end up going with Robert Woods over Cooper Cup? Why is Woods the better Rams receiver to own this year over Cup? Yep, and, and I have them ranked uh, pretty close, you know, um, almost I would say eyewash, but I'll tell you what I did here. Uh, because I need some steady points on the receiver front. And last year, Cooper Cup tapered down, you know, the last half of the season. He has the injury concerns. So here I went for the floor, then the upside. And I love Robert Woods. You know, he didn't have enough touchdowns, which should go up ideally this year. So I wanted guaranteed pass catcher and a safer floor. So I took Woods. In some other drafts, I might have gone cup over Woods, you know, had I gotten an Allen Robinson as my receiver one. Talking with Biplab Mandel, the defending champion of this league. You follow him on Twitter at underscore underscore Rainmaker. Uh, and, and speaking of Rainmaker, you made it rain with your seventh round pick tonight in Stephon Diggs. This is a guy who is normally going off the board at the 603 over the last half week of Football Guys Players Championship draft. You get him at the 705. Biplab, you can't tell me this is a guy you were targeting. You had to be pleased as punch to see him there as your number four receiver in the seventh. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I was actually hoping uh, Deontay Johnson or Tyler Boyd fell there, uh, but they didn't. And again, you know, I went Hollywood Brown because, you know, I wanted the upside uh, over there. And, and then, you know, I knew one of these guys would have fallen. So I was very happy to see Diggs there. Uh, honestly, I didn't expect him there, uh, you know, when it came back. Biplev, you end up your, well, let's talk about your pick right now on the clock here at the 1305. You have, uh, what is this, five running backs on your squad. You have five receivers on your squad, a quarterback and a tight end. What are you looking for here in the 13th? Um, I'm going to go a tight end here and take Ian Thomas. Yeah, Ian and that's Thomas the guy who's taking the, the place of, uh, 
Yeah, he's taking the place of Greg Olson, certainly a, a young up-and-comer uh, this year. What are the chances that he finishes, and, and maybe it's not you know higher than 50%, but what are the chances that he can be a top 10 tight end this year, Bip yeah, Top 10, Volky. I think there is great chance. You know, he comes from a good school. I do feel he's a very good football player. He had to sit behind Olsen. Um, you know, you have Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Uh, hopefully, you know, he'll use the tight ends more. Whenever I've seen Ian Thomas play, you know, he's he's been decent. He's just not gotten the chance. And right now at this stage, you know, it's all about backups. It's all about upside. And, you know, he could end up easily having a John o. Smith type season, you know, and a better season than a Dallas Godard, you know, if Zach Ertz keeps doing his thing. So, so I feel he has equal chance as any of those guys in tight end that have gone in the 8th, ninth, 10th round. Pipla, final question before you let you uh, we let you concentrate back on the draft tonight. I'm just looking at your squad here. You end up taking Zach Moss in the ninth. Now, Devin Singletary was obviously off the board in the sixth. How do you see the Buffalo running back touch split going this year between Singletary and Moss? I still feel, uh, you know, Singletary, you know, I don't think they are fully committed into him. Otherwise, they wouldn't have drafted Moss and you know, it's RBBC League this year. And again, look, you know, looking at this team, you know, I need to hit on someone else's handcuff for this team to go all the way. And that's where, you know, people like Moss or Daryl Henderson or, you know, even a pass catching back like Heinz comes into play. There are no RB1s or RB2s left. So it's all about upside. Now, if Singletree got hurt, you know, Moss is pretty electric and, and he has that upside. Yep, totally agree with that. He is the pride of the Midwest, ladies and gentlemen. You follow him on Twitter at underscore underscore Rainmaker. He is Bipla Bandel. He is the defending champ of this league, has already won it one year previous. Will he make it three years that he is the defending champion, or excuse me, three years that he is the champion in this league? Only time will tell. Biplab, we always appreciate hearing from you. Good luck in all your leagues this year. We'll talk to you again soon. We really appreciate you uh, taking some time out for us tonight. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you so much, Biplab Mandel, ladies and gentlemen. Good stuff from him, as always. Let's get back to the action, as the kids say. At the 11.01, Marlon Mack goes to Wayne Ferguson, followed by Mecole Hardman. Is it McCole or Mecole? What would It's McCole, right? That's what, that's what I would say. McCole Hardman here at the 11.02 tonight, followed by Matt Ryan, the number one quarterback drafted by Vince Staffolino. Chris Herndon. Oh, my God. Jimmy Wagner's collecting those tight ends. He gets Chris Herndon as his number three tight end here at the 11.04 tonight. Mike Williams and Josh Allen to Mandel and to Terry, respectively, after that. Henry Ruggs, the rookie wideout for Las Vegas, going to Sykes and Corcoran. And then you have Boston Scott as the number five running back for Ray Chung. Debo Samuel, guy who's currently rehabbing an injury and will do so as the number four wide receiver for Kern Reeve. Back-to-back tight ends. In fact, back-to-back former teammates here as Jack Doyle goes to Frankie Bornoni and then Eric Ebron to Avedisian and Hirshhorn. Justin Jefferson, the former COVID-listed Minnesota Vikings wide receiver, <laughs> is off the board and off the COVID list here tonight at the 11-12 to Liz Ballard. She goes back-to-back receivers here as John Brown leads off the 12th round, followed by Justin Jackson Excuse me, at the 12-02 tonight. Michael Pittman, the rookie receiver, for the Colts goes to Frank Imbornoni as he makes it back-to-back Colts 
with Doyle and Pittman here in the 11th and 12th. Brandon Ayuk, Dave, off the board tonight. Now, I don't know how you say it. I don't know. Did you see this tweet that was fired at me? No. Okay. So, uh, I I'm sorry. I don't see what At Fantasy was. NASDAQ uh, said, Balky, you're killing me with this Ayuk uh, um, uh, pronunciation. Is he an Eskimo? It is Ayuk. I thought it was like an Eskimo personally. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe. I, Brandon Ayuk went to Arizona State. I don't know how many Eskimos are there, oh. but I'm going to do my best at Fantasy NASDAQ to pronounce it the correct way. And yeah, it is nice, Brandon Ayuk tonight. Nice, nice tweet. And he gets the teammate of Debo Samuel. I was going to say, he went back-to-back Niners receivers, so yep. he is good to go there. Chase Edmonds, the uh, uh, backup running back, presumably, uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, goes to Ray Chung, followed by Nikhil Harry, uh, off the board to the Fire Dogs franchise at the 1206. Jay Sternberger, the championship winner this year to John Terry. Thank you for listening <laughs> to the HSFFO or John Terry. And then you're looking at Naheem Hines after that. You heard that. Uh, pick um, uh, talked about live here by Bip Lab Mandel, Curtis Samuel and Golden Tate to Wagner and Safalino, Irv Smith, the number one tight end to Chris Carlson. That might be something we want to talk about as the draft goes on, followed by Anthony Miller to Wayne Ferguson to round out round 12. Without further ado, here is round 13, ladies and gentlemen, professional drafters in action tonight. God bless you. 1301, Carlos Hyde to Ferguson. Deshaun Jackson is the 1302 to Chris Carlson. That is uh, Chris's number six wide receiver here in the 13th. A.J. Dillon and Adrian Peterson, the old and the new, not respectively, here at running back. Dillon to Staffolino. Peterson, the presumably starting running back for the Washington football team to Jimmy Wagner here at the 1304. Eden Thomas. You heard that pick live on the air to Bip Lab Mandela at the 1305, followed by Rashad Perriman as the number five receiver for John Terry. Joshua Kelly, rookie running back out of UCLA, staying in L.A. as he goes to the Fire Dogs franchise at 1307. Back-to-back quarterbacks, speaking of old and new, you get Tom Brady to Ray Chung. You get Joe Burrow to Kern Reeve, followed by Devontae Freeman to Frank Imbornoni, and then Hunter Renfro, the Las Vegas slot machine going to uh, Abedissian and Hirshhorn, and then Darrington Evans to uh, Liz Ballard with the final pick of the 13th round. Hunter Renfro, maybe, is he going to be the Las Vegas slot machine this year? We've got some news on that this year, Dave, that, uh, or this week, I should say, that a rookie out of Alabama might be the Las Vegas slot machine this year. Yeah, the team was talking about Henry Ruggs playing the slot and uh, having, uh, you know, possibly the rookie starting on, on one side and then... Uh, Tyrell Williams starting the other side. So, I mean, I, I think that Renfro might be relegated to the fourth wide receiver spot. Which would certainly stink for his fantasy value if that comes to be. I, um, you know, I, I understand we have to take coaches at their word, but I also do understand it is John Gruden. And I don't This is a guy who tricked his team into believing he had COVID-19 uh, last week, Dave. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. I mean, why, why would you do that? Uh, to show the seriousness of what they're dealing with. He's such an idiot. I'm not saying he's an idiot, but I'm also saying I'm not subscribing to his line of thinking what as a, it comes to that. What a weirdo. He is, he's just a weirdo. He is a weirdo. Here, here, here put nap, wrap your knuckles on, on the thing. You know, that's like, who does that? Anyway. Like, not getting wood if you're with me, Dave. Oh, God, it's so terrible. <laughs> Can we get the Raiders on, on, uh, on uh, like, Hard be, Knocks back-to-back? Can we trade to like a normal person team? You know, was, you know, oh, that, yeah, that'd be cool. Did you see who Hard Knocks is this year, by the way? I did not. It is two teams. Oh, is it the L.A. teams? It is the L.A. teams. 
yeah. on Hard Knocks this year, which I don't know when they're going to debut. I know the Packers' first practice is August 15th. I'm not sure if that's you know congruent around the NFL. I've been hearing that the so-called non-practices are kind of right now are kind of practices. Did you hear um, this whole Michigan-Ohio State feud? No. Okay, so just real quick. Your khaki pants? Yes. Uh, He's always stirring up something. So the Big Ten had a conference call this week. Ryan Day, who's the head coach of Ohio State, was talking about his team. He was answering a question. Jim Harbaugh, khaki pants, uh, interrupts Ryan Day's question to question why there was a photograph of the Ohio State linebackers coach working with the Ohio State linebackers on the field this week. And where this is a perfect opportunity, Ryan Day said, that was an old picture. I don't know what you're talking about. He said, you worry about your team, I'll worry about mine. <laughs> nice. Which is totally saying. So it's he, not allowed right now to be. No, he can't be working out on the field with, with coaches. It's not allowed right now. And then Ryan Day, in a team meeting afterwards, he said to his teammates, or to, not to his teammates, but to his team, to his players, he said, I hope the Big Ten has a mercy rule in effect this season because we're going to hang 100 on Michigan. <laughs> Great stuff from the Michigan Ohio State. Well, you know, State Ohio rivalry. State, they, they never break the rules. They're always good. Yeah, Urban Meyer. It's Mr. Straightlace. Yep. Moving on here in the 14th round, Dave, leading things off. This is probably our unofficial quarterback round of the draft thus far. Matthew Stafford off the board to Liz Ballard as her starting signal caller, followed by Drew Brees and Daniel Jones to Avedisian and Hirschhorn, and, and then Imbornoni, respectively. Go ahead. So it used to be Matt Stafford. Now it's been Matthew Stafford. I thought that, it was always Matthew Stafford. Was well, it I not? always thought he, went, he, he used to be like, oh, Matt Stafford. I thought that was it. Now it's been. Now oh it's God, Matthew. I always, yeah, I'm, I am, I'm, I can't comment on this because I always thought it was Matthew Stafford. Huh. I, oh, anyway, whatever. Yeah, it's not, not a big going. deal. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm just glad he doesn't have COVID. That's that's the biggest thing, right? Yeah, I'm sure his wife's happy too. Yeah, well, his, his wife should be thrilled. Yeah, Absolutely. Sure. All right, anyway, so, go ahead. yeah. So moving on. So we had the two quarterbacks there. You get the Niners defense, Dave. It's the first time we talked about a defense. Since Revelations Genesis Apocalypse oh, here, so refreshing. we have a defense off the board here uh, to Kern Reeve in the 14th round, followed by a trio of receivers, Sammy Watkins to Ray Chung, Robbie Anderson to Sykes and Corcoran, and then Alan Lazard to John Terry. Aaron Rodgers, Lazard's real-life teammate, will be backing up Lamar Jackson for the Bip Lab Mandel Rainmaker franchise, a.k.a. the Notorious B.I.P. Denzel Mims off the board after that to Jimmy Wagner. And then you get Anthony McFarland, one of the backup running backs for Pittsburgh to Vince Staffolino, followed by a couple of re- uh, defenses here, Pittsburgh and Baltimore in the AFC North to um, Chris uh, Carlson and Wayne Ferguson, respectively. Oh, you know, only Where's the right to- time to take, to take a defense off the board, Dave? What's that? What, what round is the right round to take a defense off the board 19th here? Round. <clears throat> okay. Or the, if you're in Kentucky, the 17th round. I get that. But, what? okay, so you have no defenses through 13 rounds here. Yeah. And then you have three go off the board in the 14th. You would not have made those, those decisions here? I would have made a decision, and I would not have taken a defense. You, I, 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 yeah, that's sort of what I was getting at. Okay. Yeah, I would have taken something else. All right. Sure. Let's move on here, and we'll take a phone but call. I was going to say, only in fantasy can Alan Lazard go in front of Aaron Rodgers. I think okay. it's not the first time we've seen it, too. No, I know. It happens which, all the time. Yeah, which is, fine. Which is just, the crazy it's thing. It's hilarious. The 941 wants to chime in tonight, and we're going to take their phone call right now. You are on the air with the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour host, Dave and Balky. Who is this? Uh, this is Liz Ballard, also known as Demon Seaman. How are you guys? Yeah, what a team name. I love it. This is the perfect introduction to this phone call, by the way. This is, <laughs> this is so great. Look, Bucky, uh, you're not Howard Stern. Right. 
Ooh, yeah, let me tell you what I would do to you. All right, so Liz, <laughs> let's talk about your team here at, at the 12 spot. I want to get into this. Uh, you, we are basically over 75% done with this draft. How do you assess your team right now? Was this what you were hoping for going in? Is it less? Is it more? What do you think? Uh, it is not at all what I expected. I could not imagine Kelsey, Edwards, Hilaire, Kittle, and Hill going like that in the first round. I was hoping to get <laughs> at least two of those play, or at least one of those players, if not two. And I, so my my whole uh, first and second, the the one two turn was just sort of shattered for me. But no, it's all right. You, you know, you take you know, what the you thing got is left. funny. Yeah, right, yeah, you, exactly. When you look yeah. at what you got left, you got, you know, probably the consensus number eight and nine picks with Henry and Mixon. It really turned, I think it turned out really well for you at that one, two, three. You don't often see a Henry it's Mixon almost, turn. Almost, you never the, see that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so Henry and Mixon, they're probably not the players that you were hoping for. But, Liz, it, it certainly changed the way that you drafted uh, your team after you got those first two guys. Oh, absolutely. You got to kind of, you know, you got you to gotta adjust, you know. And speaking of adjusting, we, we're talking about, you know, we just did the pros versus Joe's drafts where we saw a lot of industry guys wait on tight end. We are definitely not seeing that tonight. Now, Liz, you get Mike Jasicki here at the final pick of the seventh round, and then you make sure to grab another tight end, your backup tight end, here in the ninth. Was that a design based on what the other teams are doing, how fast they were scooping up backup tight ends? No, actually, I usually try and take one of the top tight ends in the first three rounds, so... I was hoping that Earth or Andrews was going to make it back to me, and when they didn't, then it's like, well, then I'm waiting. So, you know. Right. No, that yeah. makes sense. I mean, yeah. if you adjusted properly, I thought yeah. that was well done. Um, Liz, I do want to ask you about this, because you, you get the two elite running backs right away in the first and second round. You get the two receivers after that in Cooper and Beckham. Uh, but then in the fifth and sixth, you go right back to the running back well with a couple of rookie running backs. I just kind of want to get your line of thinking on that, given the truncated offseason that these, uh, these rookies are not going to have the normal reps, the normal sort of you know, initiation of the NFL that they've gotten in the past. Explain sort of what your line of thinking was grabbing not only just one running, uh, rookie running back there, but two in Dobbins and Akers. You know, I think by probably by the third or fourth week, they're going to really be ready to go, and they're going to be tearing up the league. I, I, I don't have any problem with the rookie running backs. You know, rookie running backs, they've always got something to prove. And even if it takes, you know, a quarter or a third of the way through the season, I've got no problem. Even if I have to sit them for a week or two, you know, they'll, I think they could end up being league winners given time. Yeah, and you have that you have that luxury with Mixon and Henry, so it all yeah, works exactly. out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have to be perfect uh, in in that sense of the word. Speaking of perfect, Liz, I love waiting on quarterbacks here, and you did the exact same thing here in this draft. As you do not take a quarterback until the first pick of the 14th round in Matthew Stafford. Do you think this is par for the course of how you normally handle drafts like this? Do you normally wait on a quarterback this this late, or did you just see some value in other positions that made you want to wait on the position? Well, I, this is, I think, my seventh football, football guys draft. And, you you know, at the beginning, like back in, I want to say, what was it, like May, you saw quarterbacks going a little bit earlier. And as you watch the draft, like, shake out, you can wait until, you know, 14th, 15th round and still get a very, you know, serviceable, productive quarterback. So 
no reason to, to jump the gun on a quarterback early. You can you can still get really good value on the running back, wide receiver, tight end field still at that point. Yeah, and you did a great job too. I mean, in the 14th round, you waited and you still had your pick of not only Stafford, but Breeze, Daniel Jones, and Aaron Rodgers as well. So tremendous uh, uh, decision by you for waiting on quarterback there. Dave, what did you have for Liz? I was just going to totally agree with what she had to say. I mean, and you see in these football guys drafts where you only really need one quarterback, you really truly can wait. I mean, it wasn't just Liz. I mean, you look at Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, they both go in the ninth round. And it's a, it's a factor of her experience in drafting in football guys' drafts. Right. If this yeah. was your first draft, maybe you wouldn't know that, and all of a sudden you're taking you know, Carson Wentz in the ninth or tenth round. But it was really shrewd of you, I think, to wait for Stafford late like that. I mean, he's going to have a really solid season. I think so, too. I mean, he was crushing it last year before he got hurt. I love Matthew Stafford coming up in the 2020 season. Liz, I know we're uh, like one or two picks away from you here, but as I look at your team, I I look at a a squad that has, what, six wide receivers on it, a team that has two uh, tight ends, a team that has a quarterback, uh, a team that has a plethora of running backs here, including four running backs within the first six rounds. Is it safe to say you're looking at quarterback here in the 17th round, or are you going to look elsewhere? Uh, I'm going to see what's left when it, when it comes down to me. Um, not Don't have to have a second quarterback, although it's not a terrible thing, especially going into a COVID season. You never know if you're going to need to plug somebody in last minute. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to see what's left here. Um, yeah. I might. We'll see. We'll see what happens here. What do you think of? Um, it Let's just, let her pick. She's on the. Yeah, call. no, that that's fine. And and you and I can talk once. Well, we we can. I'll, I'll set I'll set this next question up for Liz here, Dave. As we we're talking about the rookie running backs that she took here in the fifth and sixth round, and and how she said that you know by week four, week five, whatever it is, they're they're going to be ready to go. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think a lot of the rookies, if they're worth their salt are going to be ready to go then. But as you look at um, the, the decision that she was faced with here at the, at the final pick of the 15th round, she ends up going with Paris Campbell, uh, wide receiver for Indianapolis. And, and Liz, I'll throw it back to you now that we see your picks here off the board. But you talk about the Paris Campbell pick. You know, a lot of people are on Michael Pittman this year. Why should people not be sleeping on Paris Campbell? You know, let's see what happens. You know, I, I, He's somebody who's going at a decent round, and he's sort of somebody who I don't have on a lot of teams, so mixing things up, I think that Paris Campbell, he could end up doing some some good things this season. We'll see what happens. Liz Ballard, I totally expect you to be doing some good things this season. Thank you so much for calling in tonight. Good luck the rest of the way in this draft as well as uh, the rest of drafting season as well. We always appreciate uh, hearing from you. Thank you so much, and, and, and enjoy the rest of the draft, Liz. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Have a great season. Oh, thank you so much. We appreciate that, Liz. The same back at you. Liz Ballard, ladies and gentlemen, drafting at the 12 spot tonight. You just heard her take uh, – well, actually, you didn't, but she ended up taking D.D. Westbrook with the final pick of the 17th round, and then a defense off the board here in the 18th round as um, she ends up uh, squaring away her starting – uh, defensive unit there, and it is the indeed the Chicago Bears going off the board tonight at the 1801. Uh, let's go to the 852, as it were, and take I love another this. phone call. Calling yeah, in. everybody you said this is great. not like pros versus Joes. You get the, the real, we yeah. bring the real tonight. Bunch of wimps over there from the 852 on the air with the HSFF hour, Dave and Balky. Who is this? 
This is Ray Chong. What's Ray, I, I fully expected well, you. Good from, morning. Yeah, it, it, good morning indeed. I fully expected you from from calling in from a from a different number tonight. I'm I'm thrilled to hear from you. Obviously, so you were looking at uh, your squad tonight. Uh, as we look at it, you knew you were going to have the eight pick. Was Travis Kelsey a target for you there? Or was he best player available? No, he was definitely a target for me. Uh, I wanted a tight end in the first round for sure. Have you I, and, and refresh my memory on this, Ray? Do you normally, when you have the back end picks of the first round, do you normally try to target a receipt or excuse me, a tight end at those spots? Yeah, someone usually drops. Uh, you know, um, the four you would get like a Dalvin Cook maybe, but now with like the Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I, I was considering him as well. But um, I just like the stability of Kelsey there. Ray, we talked about how much we love the fourth-round wide receivers tonight, and you got one of our favorites in Adam Thielen. But given the decision that you had to make, I mean, so many talented receivers behind him. You have McLaurin, you have Cup, you have Ridley, to name a few. Why did you end up going with Thielen there in the fourth round above the rest of those guys? Uh, I just love the connection that he has with uh, Kirk Cousins. And, you know, he gets all those targets. So I feel like... I. Going two um, running backs and one tight end to start, I needed to lock in someone that would definitely get into the points, have a nice floor. Yeah, and certainly you always appreciate that, uh, given that it is your number one receiver there. You want a high floor, and you want a guy who can ascend to a pretty good ceiling as well. And I think you achieved that with Adam Thielen. Ray, you were also – by the way, you can follow Ray on Twitter, at Chung Knows. Uh, Ray, I want to ask you, too, uh, you were the first team to double up on tight end with Evan Engram here tonight at the 508. How important has it been to you over the years in the Football Guys Players Championship and the other FFPC leagues you participate in? How important is it for you to get be one of those first teams with uh, two tight ends before everyone else? Oh, I think it's great. I, I think it's great to have um, the best tight end and also one that has enormous potential in Evan Engram. Um, it's just been set back by injuries. And um, it actually affects the draft a lot. You can see people scramble in, in the middle rounds and all this value drops to you. You know, you don't have to do it from one of the corner spots. I think you can do it from anywhere. It, it just goes off the draft sometimes. I, I like to bring in a little bit of chaos. Yes, the agent of chaos himself, Ray Chung, uh, chiming in tonight. Ray, let's, let's uh, talk further about this team that you had formulated uh, here tonight specifically Christian Kirk in the ninth round. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins and, and Larry Fitzgerald are getting the headlines in Arizona. Why is uh, Christian Kirk not a name to, to sleep on there as far as fantasy production goes at the wideout position? Oh, Kirk has an enormous potential as well. I hate to keep using that word. But, I mean, he's been there for a few years now with Kyler, and I think they're growing together. Um, you see all these, like, off-season reports. <laughs> My cat is just on the on on the keyboard right now, so I hope I can still make a pick. But um, yeah, we've all been I think there. Yeah. The limit. Like you guys were, you guys have been saying, you know, about Isabella and all that. They're going to run all these, you know, four or five receiver sets. So I think he's going to get his. And um, I, I tried to get the piece of that offense. You know, it's going to be a high scoring offense. So um, if Drake goes down, I got you know Chase Edmonds going there. Well, you know, fantasy uh, owners, you know, worldwide want to know who, where, and who should be the number one running back for the Washington football team. Oh, yeah. Here we he go. Took Antonio Gibson in the eighth round. I actually think that's a really 
right right around the right spot. Good value. Take, take, the, yeah. take the shot there. Take a risk. Uh, the team obviously likes him. They spend a high pick on him. Just talk a little bit about Antonio Gibson and what you think his potential is. Oh, uh, Tony, uh, when you look at it, I mean, um, I was talking to Brandon Hickey, uh before. You know, I woke up to this news, and it's like, what do I do? You know, I got guys everywhere in my dino leagues. So I, I talked to him. Um, I talked to uh, Nate Liss, all, all these breakout finders. Uh, drop, drop that for him. Um, Antonio Gibson, compared to Joe Mixon, right? as his best comparable on um, player profiler. So do I draft him or do I draft, draft uh, you know, uh, Adrian Peterson? He's going on he's, – he's only a year younger than me. So, I don't know. I think I picture myself out there. <laughs> Maybe I could be a step back. But, but uh, you know, I'm no AP, but, you know, <laughs> got to go with the youth. <laughs> Listen, if, if there's any sort of distance race on the field, Ray Chung is, is going to be an elite, elite option when it comes to that, no question. Um, with the We haven't talked about We'll get into this more with, with the Geist release tonight and, and the you know, potential ascension of, of Peterson and, um, and uh, Antonio Gibson there. Final question, Ray. And also uh, Payne Barber is still on the team. Payne Barber. Uh, Bryce Love, by the way, is still on the team there. Yep. Um, a final question for you, Ray, before I let you go. Um, you went back-to-back Eagles in this draft in um, – what round was it here that, that I saw? it? Oh, yeah, round 10 and round 11. You go Jalen Rager in the 10th, Boston Scott in the 11th. Um, who do you think is going to pay off more dividends this year between those two Eagles? Is it Rager or is it Scott? Oh, uh, Scott has bigger potential, I think. Rager might need a little bit of time to get, you know, um, up to speed, you know, with those uh, off-season workouts and pregame. Everything's up in the air right now. But I think Scott is a very underrated option. He's, he's going to get his, even if Miles Sanders is the, the lead dog. And I love Miles Sanders, but I think Boston Scott, you know, he electrifies the TV screens nowadays, but, you know, he, he used to electrify the, the crowds. And he, he's just going to bring, bring in that – he's going to be that spark plug, you know. They're going to run so many plays now. So I think it's going to be a lot to go around. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think there's uh, some good standalone value at Boston, Scott. And certainly if you go zero RB or even if you don't, and you're just looking for a high upside running back uh, in the back half of drafts, I, I think as it kicks off, Boston Scott is certainly a great name to look at and a guy that I think we'll all be paying attention to uh, as the season goes on. A team that we're going to be paying attention to in this draft is indeed Ray Chung. You follow him on Twitter at Chung Knows. Ray, uh, always appreciate hearing from you. Uh, good luck in this draft. Good luck in all your drafts this season. Don't be a stranger. And I'll talk to you again real soon, man. All right. Thanks, Eric. Uh, see you later, Dave. Um, take care, you guys. All right. Thank you so much, Ray. We indeed will. Stay safe. And uh, Keep it fun with the uh, FFPC and all the drafts you're doing this year. That's good advice for anyone, quite frankly, except for me or Dave, who are not drafting in the FFPC this year. All right, so I have a um, a question here for you, Dave. With the um, we are we're basically done with the draft. Yeah, let's start covering it all. Uh, okay, that was my question here because I don't know how much pick by pick analysis serves. By the way, 78 minute draft tonight. We were looking at what was the pros versus Joe's number six on Tuesday night. That was like an hour and 50 minutes, and it was two less rounds. Yeah. So these guys these uh, are the superstars, and they really are. Professional really. drafters tonight. You, you feel okay kicking things off with the uh, 101 tonight in Wayne Ferguson's team? Uh, yeah, yeah. All that right. Sounds good. So let me just adjust my screen here. 
as I am wont to do, as I am never ready for this. All right, here we go. Wayne Ferguson, <laughs> pound for pound, here drafting at the uh, one spot tonight. Quarterbacks are Dak Prescott and Ryan Tannehill. We're running backs Christian McCaffrey, Tariq Cohen, Tevin Coleman, Marlon Mack, Carlos Hyde. Then you look at the receivers. It is Chris Godwin. It is Allen Robinson, DJ, excuse me, DJ Chark, Deontay Johnson, CeeDee Lamb, uh, Anthony Miller, uh, Antonio Gandy-Golden, and Cole Beasley. Tight ends, TJ Hawkinson and Kyle Rudolph. Uh, kicker, Justin Tucker. Defense is going to be the Minnesota Vikings. You've got to be weak somewhere. I think Wayne chose tight end tonight, as I think his team is pretty balanced outside of that position. I'm still a little concerned at his running back, too. I mean, you have Cohen, Coleman, Mack, and Hyde. One of those guys has got to do something, right? I mean, you think so. Uh, but that's a little bit of a concern. It, it, allowing yourself to be weak at tight end and at running back, too, uh, that's a little bit too much for me. Moving on to Chris Carlson's team, Dave, tonight at the second spot, you have Russell Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger at his quarterbacks. Running backs, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, Todd Gurley, Mark Ingram, Latavius Murray, Daryl Williams, and Rex Burkhead. Receivers, Terry McLaurin, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, Marvin Jones, McCole Hardman, and Deshaun Jackson. Tight ends are going to be Irv Smith and David Njoku. Uh, Greg Zerline is the kicker. The Pittsburgh defense is the defense. This is another team, Dave, that, that I think is well-balanced throughout. However, are the tight ends going to score enough points for Carlson this year to win this league? You know, I look at a lot of his picks are really solid. Barkley, Jones, Gurley, uh, Ingram. You know, I, I, I like his team. I like his team a lot. Uh, Russell Wilson, I thought, was a super value in the ninth round. That was um, awesome. That was a great pick. Yeah, if Irv Smith pans out or if, or if uh, you know, Austin Hooper is a buster and Joku emerges, I mean, he's fantastic. Or if Joku gets traded. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Um, my personally, I would have maybe, and I don't know if he likes Ingram or Waller, but instead of taking Ingram, I would have taken Waller or, or Evan Ingram there at the in the fifth round because he had so many good running backs, and then he still got Murray in the in the tenth round, and he still got yeah. You know, I, I feel like and even Burkhead in the twentieth. Um, really yeah. nice team, though. overall, a really solid team. I've set, I've concerns about tight end a little bit. Vince Staffolino is your uh, number three drafter tonight, ladies and gentlemen. He goes Matt Ryan and Cam Newton at the quarterback position. Running backs are going to be Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, A.J. Dillon, Anthony McFarlane, Ito Smith, and Brian Hill. Receivers are DeAndre Hopkins, D.K. Metcalf, Devontae Parker, Michael Gallup, Emmanuel Sanders, Golden Tate, Russell Gage. Tight ends are going to be Jared Goddard and uh, – excuse me, Jared Goddard. Boy, that would be great. Jared Cook and Dallas Goddard uh, at the tight end position. A very well-balanced team. He ends up locking up um, not the entire Falcons running game because he didn't get Gurley, but he got Edo Smith and Brian Hill late. Well-balanced. I don't really have any quarrels with this team, Dave. I, I, I think he's solid at every position. Yeah, I, really, I like almost – I like really almost all of his picks. I mean, personally for me, I would maybe take in uh, – Instead of Parker and Gallup, I would have taken Boyd and Edelman, but that's just me personally. And that's yeah, fine. I could see that. Yeah. Those are total veterans. But then he gets veterans, Sanders and Golden Tate. I thought those were really fine picks. And even Russell Gage in the 18th round. Now, like, Russell Gage had a number of targets. He was he produced, I think, 7.3 targets last year uh, due to injury when, when uh, somebody went down. But uh, Gage is someone to look at late, and I thought, I thought that was a nice pick. And, you know, Edo Smith, Brian Hill, take two shots at uh, – for those running backs, why not? You don't often see three straight team, real life teammates to end the draft, Dave, yeah. but that's exactly what you saw. But it's in a good offense, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah tremendous. Um, let's look at Jimmy Wagner's team here uh, from the four spot tonight. 
he ends up waiting on quarterback, and he still gets Phillip Rivers. Now, that's his lone quarterback, but this is not a best ball. Uh, so there, there's certainly – Oh, that's a spite pick. It's not a spite pick. Like, I guess, you know what, I'm going to take Rivers, and I'm good. Yeah, exactly. I, I have no problem with that. Yes, well, I know you don't. We'll get into it. Yeah. I have a problem. Slight okay, problem. all right, we'll get into it. Uh, Jimmy Wagner also taking Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, Philip Lindsay, Sony Michelle, Adrian Peterson, Giovanni Bernard, and LaShawn McCoy at running back. Receivers are Juju Smith-Schuster, Cooper Cup, T.Y. Hilton, Julian Edelman, Curtis Samuel, Denzel Mims, tight ends Darren Waller, Blake Jarwin, Chris Herndon, and Dan Arnold. Seems, uh, by the way, kicker Robbie Gould and the Buffalo defense. Seems like a bit of overkill at tight end. Maybe I would have gone with a quarterback instead of Dan Arnold there. I'm just looking at who's available. Maybe there wasn't anybody available there. I'd have to look at who wasn't selected because that was the 19th round, Dave. But other than that, very well-balanced squad again. Well, I mean, so in the 13th round, instead of taking Adrian Peterson, you could have taken Brady Burrow, Stafford, Breeze, Jones, Rogers. Bear in mind, Peterson could be the leading touch yes, running back. Forty-nine or eighty, you know, fifty-eight-year-old Adrian Peterson is still turning it out, man. I'm just telling you, totally possible. Instead of Herndon, he could have taken Josh Allen. Does does he need Herndon when he has Waller and Blake Jarwin? Uh, so that's my question. I mean, I know that Phil Rivers will put up some points. He probably will, like two seventy. I mean, would you rather have three thirty or three forty? I, I would have. Yeah. All right, I get it. No, you I know, get that's it. fine. Yeah, I know you, you know. Far be it for me to criticize someone who takes a quarterback late with bulky around. Oh, and you're right, by the way. It should be far <laughs> be it from you to criticize somebody, regardless if hey, I'm around. Not only not. do kicker lives matter, quarterback Quarter- lives matter. And I would contend that they don't. <laughs> Screw Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I don't need them. Uh, the defending gonna, champion. Hate this team, the self-proclaimed defending champion, Bip Lab Mandel, was in the five spot Actually tonight. true also. Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers are his quarterback. Oh, what a terrible pick with Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Calvin Cook, uh, Matt Breida, Zach Morris, Daryl Henderson, Naheem Hines, and Darwin Thompson at running back. Uh, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, Marquise Brown, Stephon Diggs, Mike Williams, Jalen Hurd, and Randall Cobb at the receivers. And then the tight ends are as, of course, Mark Andrews, Ian Thomas, O.J. Howard. Kicker is Dan Bailey. Defense is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. One of the things that I think Biplab did very well tonight, Dave, was self-scouting. He understood he needed some help at the running back position, took a lot of shots at it in round 6 through 10, and didn't stop there. Naheem Hines, Darwin Thompson late. Uh, if he gets those, you know, one of those running backs to hit, he's definitely in a prime position to uh, repeat as champ in this league. Yeah, he's got some elites. He's got Lamar Jackson, Andrews. His, run, his receivers are good. The running backs, Breed has got to really do something. But I thought I like the guy like Zach Moss, Henderson, Hines. Those are decent shots. Uh, but RB2 is going to be the question mark, and we'll see what happens for him. The uh, John Terry uh, uh, team uh, right team after that. Um, John Terry's team. Hold on. I have it written down here. <laughs> If I can find it. Maybe I don't. Where the heck did my cheat go? Uh, normally he goes by Aunt Jemima. Good I'm not, God. I, I, yeah. Say, Jay. Hold you know, on. By the way, that, that team name is controversial at this point, too. So I'm not really sure. <laughs> Sorry, my sheet went across the studio of, here tonight. Bag of dorks. Lost. AJ. We'll call his team AJ. AJ, all right, fine. You call it bag of dicks, I call it AJ. <laughs> all right, so he, um, he was in the sixth spot tonight, Dave. Deshaun Watson... Josh Allen are his uh, quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson is in ninth, by the way. Yeah, it was filthy value. Running backs, Miles Sanders, Melvin Gordon, Jordan Howard, Duke Johnson, Ryquel Armstead, Malcolm Brown are the uh, running backs. 
Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, A.J. Brown, uh, Will Fuller, Brashad Perriman, Alan Lazard, and Alshon Jeffrey. Tight ends, Tyler Higby, Jay Sternberger, Greg Olson, Zane Gonzalez at kicker, the New Orleans defense at defense. I know you are not a fan. Of what? Of Jay Sternberger. Um, what, 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 his backup tight end? Yes, I know you're not a fan of him. <laughs> I don't really care about Jay Sternberger. Okay, so you don't like him as much as me. Uh, that, that is fair to say. In my opinion, <laughs> this is a well-balanced team. You know what's funny about this is um, I was on Fantasy Alarm on Thursday evening, and uh, we were talking. I was talking to Howard Bender and Jim Bowden about Howard's team and the pros versus Joe's, and I was, let's just say, less than complimentary of it. <laughs> And uh, kind of sucked. Oh, yeah. Howard is giving it to me. He's like, yeah, I get it. You know, maybe you're not a fan of value. Maybe you're not a fan of a guy who's going to have 200 plus touches in the ninth round or whatever. Maybe that, that's what it is. That's funny. And, you know, what's funny is I am a fan of value. I'm also not a fan of Jordan Howard. And that's sort of what he was hinging all this on. The um, whole team was based on Jordan Howard. Well, no. I mean, that, there was other picks, too. That Well, remember, we talked, he was the Nick Chubb. He took Nick Chubb yeah, early. He, and, he reached on a bunch of picks. Yeah. Um, so a then like a bunch of picks, right? Uh, so, so just looking at, um, this is John Terry's squad. We're talking about, right? Yeah. That's what yeah. I thought. So John Terry ends up, takes uh, Jordan Howard tonight as his number three running back. Again, I'm not a fan of it, but you look at it. He's going to get a ton of volume. He's going to get a lot of touches. They may not be catches Dave, but he's going to have the opportunity to score. Can he score behind that offensive line? I feel like it's, we- it's a weird thing to say, that this team is going to be relying upon its number three running back? Because it's not. But you don't think it is? Okay, I go ahead. Well, first of all, I mean, Jordan Howard, I mean, he's an awesome running back because they're going to be, awesome be playing with the lead all the time. It's in Miami. Okay. Yeah, with oh, wait, maybe, Okay, so maybe they're not. <laughs> so, okay, but nevertheless, nonetheless, actually, but I, actually, I do still like this team. I mean, his quarterbacks are fairly ridiculous. Deshaun Watson in the ninth. That and, was and then Josh Allen value. in the 11th. Yeah, really like, good. You have, like, the number, what, Five and number seven. seven five and seven. Actually, yeah. I'll look it up right now. Uh, by the way, I should give a shout-out to – I haven't given a shout-out to uh, Darren Armani from Fantasy Team Mojo for this ADP data that we always reference uh, on the show uh, each right. and every Friday. But I'll tell you this right now. Deshaun Watson normally goes at the 708 as QB5, and Josh Allen normally goes, uh, Dave, at the uh, 1105 as QB8. All right, so there you go. So, I mean, so you got a little value on Allen, great value on Watson. Um, Higby's the controversial guy, and then he got two uh, rounds of value on both those quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that is. So, what, when does Josh Allen normally go? Eleven oh five. He went here at the eleven oh six. Oh, sorry, nine oh eight. Is it? The I know. I got I got it mixed up in my mind. Yeah. So nine oh eight is where he normally goes. No, sorry, he went at the eleven oh five. Go on. I know where. Anyway, let's he got on. no value with Josh Allen. He got a ton of value with Deshaun Watson. Anyway, Balky was wrong. Balky was one hundred percent wrong. Moving totally on. Fine. So, but Miles Sanders, I mean, Miles Sanders and Gordon, if those guys hold up, and then getting Julio Ridley, AJ Brown, and Fuller. I know we've always talked ripped on Fuller's injuries, but as his dunk four, his wide receiver four. I mean, now, Will Fuller's pretty pretty impressive. No, he's not. And then Alan Lazard and Perriman. I like this team a lot. I think he did really, really well. All right. Okay. We're, you're sounding like Balky I'm kind of fawning right on it a little bit. Yeah, I like full, his team. I'm not Except gonna, for Alshon Jeffrey. I'm not going to pump up a team based on Will Fuller, Alan Lazard, and Brashad Hey, Perriman. this isn't just a bag of dicks. This is a pretty good team. <laughs> like a half a bag of dicks. <laughs> and I have, well, depending upon what your viewpoint on dicks is, it's yeah. like a half a bag of dicks for me. Or maybe twice the bag of dicks. I All don't right. know. I, guess I don't know where I'm falling. So for in. an hour and 30 minutes, we don't talk about it, and then and then you explode it out there. Well, you're the one who brought up the the analogy. I'm just you know <laughs> just explaining this. All right, fair enough. Uh, in 
in in, in terms of um, what, what what we're talking about. Right. Jimmy fire, Wagner, by the way, in the chat room. Is up. Did you guys dog. did you guys change the rules? We allowed to start two quarterbacks the way that we've been fawning over <laughs> Watson and and Allen. No, you're not. Not in this league. This is not a super flex. Uh, football guys, players. Quarterbacks too. also don't shot put the ball out like yours does, Jimmy. Oh, <laughs> Philip Rivers. Yeah. Hey, there's. He's thrown to a lot of talented pass catchers. Yeah, hey, I threw there. shot put in high school. I loved it. You were really good at it too. Probably better than Philip Rivers. I was better than Mark Fuller. My my my, my uh. Who my, set the record at your high school? Yeah. Oh, I'm so. Did I ever, did I ever tell the story? I think you did, but oh. you can tell it again if you want. Oh, this guy Mark Fuller. He's six five two thirty, redhead. You know, pale like I am, but he redhead. Red hair. Yeah, but he had real red hair. I mean, he has really red hair. I mean, he was like, a Viking. Yeah. So. I consistently in high school out threw him in the di- we do shit didn't shot in discus. I right. always I always beat him in shot, but that's fine. But in discus, I would consistently beat him in all the meets. But one meet when it was like it was dark out, and I mean I you, you know, couldn't not, see where you were throwing. No, it's a matter. The people have to see where the discus lands, and then they have to. Oh, the judges were blind. It wasn't a ju- It was like a, you know it was probably like a you know a fourteen year old girl out there with with the, the tape measure. Yeah. And Fuller launches one, and he and he ends up breaking the school record, 149 feet six inches, right, yeah. which still stands at Martin Luther High School in Greendale. If you want to go there, for how many years is this? Thirty? Yeah, thirty eight, plus. Class of '89. Yeah. So that what is that? Thirty-one years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He still holds the record. His name is in glass. <laughs> I won. Hey, I won. And con- yours is in plexiglass. Mine, mine is nothing. I won <laughs> conference for just. Did they take your name down and then put there was his no, up? There was, no, mine wasn't. I never had the record. Oh, Someone okay. Said, all right. had the record. See, he I always thought you set the record and no, then he broke it like he, a few days later. He had the record. My highest was like 145 and change. I never actually would have broken the record, but I, I won conference in shot and discus, whatever. Yeah. Myself and, the, and Mark Hutchison, the high hurdler, just the two of us would have won conference in our, in our crappy Midwest classic high school. You know, right. conference I is get so it. terrible. Yeah, I get it. With the class B. But Fuller will always have that over. What did you guys do at state? You guys went to state, right? Yeah, I, over, I over-practiced and I, got, I took six. Actually, uh, that which sucks. sucks. I mean, because I like I, I warmed up too much, you know. And, uh, and then I didn't throw. Well, it. there you have it. So it's fine. So how did Fuller do at state? Like nothing. He did. He was terrible. <laughs> Not even close. Like 130. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, he had his one throw, and that's it. But I mean, he, it's great because I I love the guy. We talk, and he wasn't giving me shit about it. But. All right. So Jimmy Wagner in the chat room. <laughs> he wants to put five dollars on Rivers has better numbers this year than both, Josh Allen, than Watson and Josh Allen. <laughs> sure. All right. I'm in. I'm in for that, Jimmy. I mean, he should get odds like ten to one or so. And we're not giving him ten to one. I'll give him five to one. So right. he's agreeing to it straight up. So I feel like we can go five to one on this. All right, we'll give you a five to one. We'll take. We'll and, take Watson and Allen. Yeah. That's, and that's a, he takes Rivers. I got five on it. I got five on it. Uh, whatever. We'll, By the way, we'll the whole Mark it. Fuller thing is maybe is partially why I don't like Will Fuller that much. Me too, yeah. Oh, because of Mark Fuller? Yes, Fuller. Yeah. I don't like Fuller. Here, here, here's what's funny. Mark Fuller has already accomplished more than Will Fuller ever will in life. Well, Mark Fuller stayed healthy through his entire right, exactly. senior yeah. season. The best of, uh, ability, Dave, <laughs> as, an af- as an athlete, availability. That's so true. And that's what Mark Fuller was. And he's a great, he's a great guy. I love him, actually. He's a, great, he's a fun guy to play poker with. Oh, he's hilarious. And he loves his scotch. <laughs> he sure does. Moving on. <laughs> Dean Sykes. It's Jim Corcoran here in the seventh spot tonight. The uh, quarterbacks are Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins. The uh, running backs, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, Raheem Mostert, Alexander Madison, uh, Joshua Kelly, uh, and Lynn Bowden. Receivers, Michael Thomas, Cortland Sutton, Jameson Crowder, Henry Ruggs, Nikhil Harry, Robbie Anderson, and Kenny Stills. 
Tight end, Zach Ertz, Hunter Henry, and Dawson Knox. Dave, I love the tight ends, but I'm – oh, by the way, I, I should mention, did he draft a kicker? Yeah, he did in the last round. <laughs> Young Ho – Young Hawk Hu uh, was his um, yep. kicker. And then uh, was that the Chargers or the L.A. Clippers? It was the defense here. <laughs> Chargers. You know what? I love the tight ends, but yeah. the, the expense uh, that it was spent on at running back and receiver, I'm not sure I can get them bored with because those positions to me are not as deep as I think they need to be. Yeah, I, you know what? I think you're correct. But, I mean, you know, this team actually I thought turned out fine. Um, because the, 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 all the players he picked at every position I thought were kind of like, I don't, for lack of a better word, proper. I mean, I, you know, I feel like. Jacobs was a really good value in the second. Jonathan Taylor, a really good value in the fourth. Um, yeah, that's Mostert, true. a really good value in the sixth. It was kind of, it's kind of weird. Like those running backs are like, the value is kind of. He sick. does have pretty, pretty, pretty good running, or they, yeah. I should say they have really good running backs with the top three for sure. Absolutely. And then Wentz in the 10th, it was another solid value. Ruggs, Car- you know, Nikhil Harry. Uh, so then you have Michael. So back to the receivers, Michael Thomas, Cortland Sutton, Jameson Crowder. So it's a little bit on the weakish tip for receiver, but still but good enough. Have, you know, I think is. I'm reevaluating my standpoint here. Yeah, but then you have Ertz, and then you have Henry, and then you have Knox, which is one of our favorite. Yeah, keepers. we I, love I, Knox. Actually, I really love this team. I think it's really solid. All right, I don't love it, but I, I all of a sudden I am liking it quite a bit, and I think this is a contender. Yeah, you pointed it out. Good, good job. Good job, Dean Sakes. Uh, good job, uh, Jim Corcoran here at the seventh spot. Moving you know, on the, to the problem. The, the problem I'm having with an, analyzing these teams, and I'll give you my strategy with, with this, is usually I dog the pros because what do I give a crap about the pros? Well, they, and they normally suck. Right. But, and then, you know, Outside you, of like you, Nelson you Sousa, Joes, Shane Hallam. Right. You say how the Joes are good. Yeah. These are all Joes, so it's kind of tough because they're all pretty good. They're all good, yeah. Everybody's be, this is, this is the, we should call this the cannibal draft because <laughs> everybody's cannibalizing yeah, each they're other. they're all good here. drafters. All right, moving on to Ray Chung here in the eighth spot tonight. Uh, Tom Brady and Baker Mayfield are his quarterbacks. His running backs tonight, Nick Chubb, James Conner, Devin Singletary, Antonio Gibson, Boston Scott, Chase Edmonds, and Rashad Penny. Receivers are Adam Thielen, Jarvis Landry, Christian Kirk, Jalen Rager, uh, Sammy Watkins, Antonio Brown, Stephen Sims. Tight ends are Travis Kelsey and Evan Ingram. Dave, as you look at this team I think that there's some potential lottery tickets at, at running back. Um, but that still, could pay off. But, but that could pay off. But still a deep squad, even without him. And then you look at the receivers, and there's a lot of pass catchers on this squad with, well, I mean, obviously the receivers. But uh, like a, a lot of high-volume pass catchers like Thielen, Landry, so on and so forth. And, and he didn't, it wasn't at the expense of tight ends. Kelsey and Engram, good team. Nice yeah. job. Good on you, Ray. I like your team. Yeah, I think he did really well actually. If Gibbs, you know, he has a he has a lot of uh, like pivot points actually, right? Where if Gibson pay if Gibson's good, he's in really good shape. Right. Jarvis Landry coming off an injury, that's a that's an important player for him. Uh, Boston Scott, I mean, he he's going to get some production, and even Chase Edmonds. I mean, I've heard people say that Chase Edmonds is the is the is the key to the 2020 fantasy season. I don't know if I buy that, but I don't either. And then, you know, Antonio, actually, I know I don't buy yeah, that. Antonio Brown's a big deal, and then Sammy Watt is he going to be the number two or number three? I'm I'm voting for number two. Does but, it matter in the 14th round? It, it doesn't. You know, it's funny. It, this is the deal about Sammy Watkins. He goes in the 14th round when four other Kansas City Chiefs went in the top 14 pick. Top 14. Yep. What is the value? It's Sammy Watt. It's Sammy Watkins for sure. Absolutely. Who's the next best guy there? I guess Hardman, right? Well, Hardman and he went earlier. He went in the and then DeAndre, DeAndre Washington. That's, yeah, DeAndre Washington. Yeah. He, went, right. he went. Uh, I don't know where he went, but he was. He's getting. You know, people are spending some money on him. 
tenth uh, round, ten oh three. What do you mean spending some money? Yeah, it's fab some, open. You know, some, you know, spending oh, some, some draft capital. Draft capital. Got yeah. it. Okay. I, Sorry. Den, cue the Denzel Washington meme right now. I just got <laughs> a little, little excited there. I didn't know what was going on. All right. So moving on here to the Truth Warrior. That is Hudson Kern Reeve at the ninth spot. Kyler Murray and Joe Burrow will be his signal callers on this team. Some youth there. The two youths at quarterback, as the kids say, Dave. Running back, speaking of youth, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Kenyon Drake, David Montgomery, Damian Harris, and Eno Benjamin, and Dare Ogunbowale. That's right. Kern Reeve does not have a running back over the age of 17. Uh, <laughs> receivers on this team here, Mike Evans, DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, 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 and Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. God, I'm going to screw that up. T. Higgins, Larry Fitzgerald, Rob Gronkowski, Austin Hooper, uh, Devin Asiasi at tight end. Kicker is Harrison Butker. And the defense is the San Francisco 49ers. Perhaps the youngest team thus far, Dave. A lot of rookies on here, which means a lot of question marks. Also a lot of upside. Yeah, the only thing that's not young is his tight ends. Gronkowski and Hooper, those guys, it, it's like he went again. Even Hooper's strength. not that old. He's not. Well, what is he, like 25, 26? Uh, I have For no a idea. tight end? I don't I think that's, that's, that's old. But that's I'm going to look idea. it up. Go ahead and talk. <laughs> um. Yeah, overall, I like the construction of his team. If Edward Hilaire pays off, uh, Montgomery, I thought, was the fine pick in, the, in that fifth-round range there. I thought Damian Harris in the tenth round worked out really well for him because of the uncertainty of Sony Michelle. Um, he will need to get something, though. I mean, his receivers, he's going to need something out of either Jerry Judy, who I like quite a bit. He's pretty top-heavy there with Evans and, and more. Yeah, and either Debo Samuel Ayuk, T. Higgins. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, Fitz, you know, Fitz might be good for 60 catches and 700 yards and, like, six touchdowns. Got to know when to start him. Yeah, so that, that's a little tough. So receiver, I think, is the question mark for me for this team. Uh, otherwise, it's not bad. David, two days before Halloween this year, Austin Hooper will turn the ripe old age of 26. Really? He, so he's a lot younger. 25 young, currently. Younger yeah. than I thought. Younger, I thought. yeah. But I think given that he is a white tight end from Stanford, we all just assumed he was 36, 37 years old. Yeah, Exactly. So maybe he went on a Mormon mission, even though he didn't go to BYU. It's one of the, they should make a movie out of that, how you can go to Stanford uh, as a football player at age 18 and come out uh, somehow 29 years old and entering your NFL career. It's bizarre. I don't explain it. Uh, hopefully Hollywood can. Moving on to Team 10 tonight. That is Frank Imbornoni uh, drafting here in the 10 spot. He waits on quarterback. He gets Daniel Jones and Jared Goff. Uh, his name's Goff. Uh, back in the day, they called it Golf. I don't know if you know this, Dave. Goff without the L. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's Jones and Goff at, uh, at quarterback. Uh, running backs are David Johnson, Ronald Jones, James White, Sean Vaughn, DeAndre Washington, Devontae Freeman. Uh, receivers, Devontae Adams, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Michael Pittman, John Ross, and James Washington. Tight ends are George Kittle, Hayden Hurst, Jack Doyle, and Gerald Everett. Uh, kickers are Jake Elliott. And who is that, the Buffalo defense? Who cares? I mean, uh, Tennessee yeah. defense, oh, yeah, excuse right, me. Right. Got to get my eyes checked. Dave, it's awesome to be awesome at tight end, which is what Imbornoni here is. That is true. It came at the expense of some running backs and some receivers. Very top heavy at wide out. Uh, not the deepest in the world at, at running back, although I think his top three are going to be okay. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think I would have gone as crazy on tight ends as Imbornoni did, but he might have the best stable in the league. Yeah, I mean, drafting four in a 20-man draft is a little excessive. That's fine. I get it. But, but they're all good. They're all guys I like. 
Yeah, I mean, Hurst, Doyle, that, it, that's the thing is you have to kind of discount the tight – not discount the tight end. You have to discount the receivers a little bit because of the fact that he grabbed so many good tight ends. Uh, I thought he did well at running back, David Johnson, Rojo. And, and then he actually still got Keyshawn Vaughn when he, I, I almost didn't feel like he needed to after the coach went crazy. Locking up the James, Buccaneers. Yeah, rushing. James White was solid. And then I, th- I really think the DeAndre Washington and Devonta Freeman picks are solid. Devonta Freeman's going to sign somewhere. There's an obvious opening on Washington. I mean, there's probably a 25, 30% chance. And I, so I mean, getting him in the 13th round is pretty solid. Um, but you're not going to be the thing. The fact of the matter is Adams and Gallaudet are going to be your top two receivers in the flux. You're going to be starting tight end and running back all year. So you have to make sure you get that down. But he might, he might just do that. He might have a shot. I, I, I don't mind this team, actually. It's, just a, it's, kind of a, it's a weird team to evaluate because it's just weird looking. One of the things that he does have the advantage of, you know, oftentimes when we say, oh, he drafted three tight ends, you know, how, how do you know who to start? Well, with four tight ends, it's harder to get that decision wrong. You know what I mean? Like you can start two or, or even three tight ends. And, and oftentimes, I mean, especially when you're, you look at his number three receiver being Sterling Shepard, there's a lot more upside with those tight ends in certain situations. So I think in Bornoni being the experienced player that he is, is going to be able to exploit those matchups maybe better than the average football guys players championship drafter. Well, moving on to team 11 tonight, Dave, that is Dave Avedisian and Jeff Hirshhorn. The beef of Cucamonga here, uh, drafting from the 11th spot. Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees are the quarterbacks. The running backs, Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell, DeAndre Swift, carry on my wayward son, Johnson. Do you know who's saying that, Dave? Carry on. Uh, Kansas. That is correct. Uh, carry on Johnson, followed by Justin Jackson, Chris Thompson, uh, Michael Perrine. Uh, after that, so a very deep running back core. Uh, receivers are Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, Darius Slayton, Preston Williams, Hunter Renfro, LaVisca Chenault. Tight ends are Noah Fant, Eric Ebron, Ebron, excuse me, I don't want to call him Ebron. <laughs> Eric Ebron. You start doing that. Yeah, Eric Ebron. We'll well, I'm going to get guys like Fantasy Nasdaq calling me out for pronunciations on Twitter again. Uh, Eric I Ebron. I prefer the Fantasy Dow Jones. <laughs> Will Disley, i got to see if that has, even exists. <laughs> Will Disley is the third tight end. Uh, Matt Prater, and then you have at defense, the Minnesota football Vikings. Min. I am not a fan of the receiver depth, not a fan of um, the, the tight ends here, Dave. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of on the running backs to carry this team, in my opinion. Jeez. Bucky's not a fan. Yeah, it's not a great. It's not, it's, well, I, I shouldn't say it's not great. It's not a team I would draft. Yeah, it's because Mahomes won earlier, so I get it. Uh, Carson Bell, Swift, Johnson, Jackson, Chris Thompson. No problems with the running backs. Swift and Johnson locking up that Lions backfield. Yeah, so, I mean, if Slayton and Preston Williams pan out for him, uh, you know, I don't dislike Fant and Ebron as much. I think, the, like, what you're kind of saying is Fant and Ebron are kind of a little bit of question marks. And I don't like any of the Giants receivers as a number three wide out. Yeah, and that's a little bit of a concern. And then Renfro, there's that concern of, is he even going to get the play yeah, time? Yeah, WTF. Yeah. So, so I, I, I hear what you're saying. I Love the Preston Williams pick. Might like it a little more than you do, but I get it. All right. He's got okay. the hookups. He does have the hookups. Uh, for sure, does uh, Avedisian and Hirshhorn here. All right, final team we're going to evaluate here tonight. It's Liz Ballard's Demon Seaman. Hopefully that's the last time I utter this sentence on this podcast. <laughs> uh, moving on to the <laughs> quarterback. It's Matthew Stafford. Are you, at, are you doing any uh, podcast for Vivid Video anytime soon? Not that I'm a, you know, even <laughs> Vivid Video, I don't think has Demon Seaman as, as any of their... Uh, Demon Seaman 9. Yeah. Oh, God, can you imagine? It's just... <laughs> It'd be terrible. All right, Matthew Stafford at quarterback. 
the running backs, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, Tony Pollard, Darrington Evans, and Derek McKinnon. Along with, is that Bryce Love in the final round, Dave, that I'm looking at? Uh, si, senor. Okay. Moving on, the receivers, Amari Cooper, Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks, Justin Jefferson, John Brown, Paris Campbell, D.D. Westbrook. Tight ends are going to be Mike Jasicki, Jonu Smith. Um, t- uh, excuse me, kicker is Kaimi Fairbairn. And the tight defense. end, or excuse me, defense, is Chai. that De- Denver? Chai? Chai. Good job. I need my eyes checked. This is terrible. The Bears defense. All right, so I look at this team, Dave. Um, I would have added a third tight end to pair with Jasicki and Johnny Smith. I'm not sure if that's enough at the position. Um, the running back depth is among the best in the league, clearly, and there is a boatload of upside with these young players uh, on this squad. Um, I can get on board with Justin Jefferson as my four, John Brown as my five, and to, and to get in Campbell and Westbrook, certainly there's some upside there with those guys. So I guess for me, it's just like, you know, I, I think I'd like this team significantly better had they had Liz added a third tight end, maybe in lieu of one of the running backs that she selected. Although I guess you can't get away from Darrington Evans paired with uh, Derrick Henry, maybe McKinnon. I would have gone with a tight end instead of Bob McKinnon. Yeah, so the thing is, if, if that's what your problem is with the team, you can't have much of a problem with the team. So it's not bad, right? I mean, I agree with you. I was going to mention Darrington Evans with, with Derrick Henry. And then, you know, the thing is, when you get a Henry and Mixon, the Dobbins and Akers are kind of luxury picks. So you kind of, as long as one of them pans out for your flex spot, you're in good shape. Cooper Beckham are nice. I thought Brandon Cooks was a really solid pick in the eighth. Uh, Jasicki and Johnny Smith, I do agree with you in that. They're kind of like, they're both on the, uh, you know, you, you know, when you, if I was thinking of an emoji, I'd do the, you know, the chattering teeth emoji for both of them. Uh, so I don't want to have two chattering teeth for my tight ends. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather have, uh, you know, the smiley face or the winky face. Uh, but nevertheless, winky I mean, face is a better number two tight end. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, but Bryce Love in the twentieth, that's worth a shot, and then some of these late receivers are, you know, are, are solid. So I, I actually like that she always took Stafford, and she's like, ah, screw it. I'll just grab some, you know, shit bag as I have them off the waiver wire if I need someone. Yeah, I just got three texts from my mom asking me if she can come over and swim tomorrow. <laughs> Do you have a pool? Yeah, but I didn't realize. Have, wait, hang on. You have a pool? Yes. I told you this, didn't I? But I told like you this. an in-ground? No, it's an above-ground. I'm not a billionaire. How do you how do you swim in a like what is it like twenty feet? I don't know how with the diameter. Is it a round one? Yeah, I've never I've I've been What's in there. That, we don't want to talk about above ground pools on the air. This is embarrassing. <laughs> I have an for, above ground pool. For you. And well, it's fine. I didn't. Here's the thing. My wife bought it and didn't tell me. I came <laughs> home one day and we had an above ground pool in our backyard. To to you know, I didn't even realize. We talked about a pool in our backyard and then we realized our kids are in high school, like late. Yeah, it's school. not. I mean, my and kids then too are many, too many leafs. Would fall into. Okay, well, we have a cover for ours, and my kids are six and five. Yeah. And I told my wife, I'm not handling anything regarding, like, this, this is yeah. all you, because you didn't consult me about it. You know what's funny is, I told you about the burning, she, how she burned all her, her, she burned her abdomen on some boiling water. Did I tell <laughs> you this? Yeah, you did. Yeah. And um, so she couldn't put the, we have a patio set in the backyard, she couldn't put the covers on the other night. And she's like, oh yeah, can you do that? And I, I didn't want a patio set either. We had a perfectly good patio set. She had to get rid of that and buy yeah, a new you, one. You actually cover it, what, for the rain? Yeah. And I told her, I'm like, I got a lot of work to do tonight. If I get a chance, I'll cover it up. And then it rained and you didn't? No. Around, around midnight, I got done working. And I'm like, ah, I should probably go cover that up. So I did. And I almost woke her up to say, this is the last time I, I ever cover that patio furniture <laughs> up again. I did do it. I agree with you. You know, by the way, you know, Ingram Pools... You know, with, with, with people drowning in paralysis, they say they're more dangerous than having a gun in your house. 
Really? Oh, I'm, I'm, oh totally, my God. I'm totally not kidding. And it, by the way, the study wasn't done by Wait, the Wait, that's in-ground or just pools in general? They say pools, but I mean, I think they're referring to in-grounds. So, I mean, I'm trying to make you feel a little better. Okay. I, mean, I think you're above ground. You're it's probably... harder for my kids to fall into it. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. exactly. I think you're above ground, you're okay. Yeah. But I think in-ground pools, you know, people get drunk off the diving board and they paralyze themselves and then otherwise they get hurt. But I mean, in-ground pools are dangerous right. in that more so than than guns. And it's not even an NRA study. It's not like it was done by them. It was done right. by like someone like from Cornell. You know, what's funny is we have uh, one of those big outdoor gigantic trampolines too oh yeah and my 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 wife my wife stupidly put it right next to the pool and (laughs) and she sends me this facebook she shares this facebook post from somebody about these kids that were jumping off their huge trampoline into the pool pool. (laughs) she's like i will not show the kids this i'm like how about you just move the trampoline and we don't have to deal with this it's ridiculous my my wife is just god bless her heart but she is you know as short-sighted as picking a um, you know, starting off your draft with six straight running backs and, and, and then, you know, ignoring the other position. Tell her some advice I would give her. Is to, how about giving your kids some advanced math classes or something? Some sort of like, you know, oh, I'd love to math, do that. math textbook. That would be, that would be tremendous. Instead of some sort of play thing. I, I get home from work and I'm like, did the kids do their reading and writing today? Oh my God, no, I had all this stuff going on. I'm like, no, you didn't have all this stuff going on. You chose, and it's just, it's just. Some, now I'm getting aggravated. Now we, should, on, now we should do the show because now I'm all fired up about online it. Online learning. Yeah. Online learning tonight for anybody who's drafting in the Football <laughs> Guys Players Championship. You got a, uh, some good analysis from us. You got some great drafting done by the 12 teams in here who have too many Football Guys Players Championship uh, League uh, titles to their name tonight. I want to thank uh, everybody for participating in the draft tonight, especially Jimmy Wagner, Dave Evadissian, Jeff Hirshhorn, Bap, uh, Bipleb Mandel, Liz Ballard, and of course Ray Chung for all making uh, the show tonight and uh, giving us uh, some insight into their draft strategy. I also want to thank the football guys, or excuse me, yeah, well, let's thank footballguys.com. The FFPC, Dave Gerzak, our producer, mutual friend, Rob, our audio engineer, my best friend, Bryce, and most of all, all of you listeners that are still staying tuned to the swimming pool soapbox discussion here tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Next Friday, we will be live at 10, 9 central, ladies and gentlemen, with two guests. That's right. A pair of pros versus Joe's competitors. 2020 uh, Joe, Scott Kobe, will be uh, leading things off, followed by a pro, Michael Nazarek from Fantasy Football Masterminds. We'll have a dual guest next uh, uh, Friday, excuse me, at 10, 9 central. Michael is great. Yes, he is. Make your Planet Hollywood reservation. Sign up for the main event and uh, draft with all the satellites, the Dynasty, and the Football Guys Players Championship. Your this has been another episode of the High now. Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I'm saying hi to all the duties from around the way. Yeah, because I got all of them strong jacks. My girls are like boomerangs. No matter how far I throw them, they come back. I'm coming straight out to NYC. I'm down with digging in the crates, and I'm in Well, David, you have something to say. Well, the key, with, the key with swimming pools is just like boats, right? You want to have a friend who has one. And you, and you go over there all the I time. I have a great whenever, story about this. Yeah, they, they invite you over. Hey, come swim. Oh, yeah. You want to go on my boat? 
Yeah, shit, yeah, I'll go on your boat. It's great. Oh, it's great. I don't have to, do I have to do anything? No, I'll pay for the gas. Oh, yeah, I'll pay for that for the gas. Whatever. That's, that's where you want to be. All right, so a story here. You know our, our mutual friend, Butch? Yes. Great used, guy. You used to own a $50,000 Ranger uh, boat. Which is insane because it was just, it's not even like that cool of a boat. But it's it, a musky it boat. A, it was a musky boat, and he took people, he did guided he did, tours. He had yeah, his own guided business for like three years. He still has his captain's license, by the way. He sold the boat to his good buddy because he wasn't getting out on the water anymore, didn't have any interest in it. His brother-in-law, along with his, um, his brother-in-law's brother. Okay, do you get this? Barely. Okay. His brother-in-law has a real-life brother. They went in on a boat together. Okay. An $80,000 pontoon. Ah. Yeah. By the way, they always say the, best, the two best days of owning a boat are the day you buy it and the day and you the sell, day it. sell it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So, so <laughs> I, I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. And he's like, yeah, I would never do that. And then he's like, oh, I really want to get a boat. Who you said know? this, Butch? Butch, did. After he sold his other one? After, but this was like five or six years ago. He sold okay. it. I really want to get a boat. So I meet him out last night. He's like, hey, uh, come out uh, and think of you with me. I can, I can do that. So, so I went out. So I pull up in the parking lot of the bar. He's got a boat there? He's got a truck. His truck there. And hitched onto the truck is a boat. <laughs> so I walk into the bar and I say, is that a new purchase I'm looking at up there? He just starts laughing. And he got hooked up, and, and he got a cash deal from a buddy or whatever. Um, and it's not, I mean, it's not near as nice as the nice. In fact, he probably still, paid still less, nice. less than 10% of what he paid for the original it's one. like five, six grand? Not even. Like, but it's still, it's still all right. It's all a right. Good, the whole you know, impetus for him doing this is his, his son. We went up vacationing with them in um, northern Wisconsin a few weeks ago. Right. And his son just wanted to fish, 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 fish. Right. And, he, and this is otherwise when he's back home, all he wants to do is play Fortnite. But if he had like, they had a boat like his he told me yeah. that his wife caught his son on just sitting on the boat. Oh, just that's waiting cool. to go out. So no, I, cool. and, nice. and yeah. And so they went out fishing yesterday and they caught a he caught a walleye, his son's first walleye ever. His son's like 10 years old and uh, 18 inches, really good size. And then he ate it. His son, he cleaned it up, and his son ate it for lunch and dinner tonight, and enjoyed it or whatever. Nice. Does his son know that you can buy a pound of walleye for like nine bucks? At his Woodman's? son does. His son does not. <laughs> Absolutely not. And Dave, it always it, just like fantasy football, it always tastes better when you draft it yourself. <laughs> so that's going to do it for the show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk to you at ten nine central on Friday. Thank God, knows pros versus Joes this weekend. Sign up for the Football Guys Players Championship if you want to get your. Uh, your drafting fix in. I will be commissioning a ton of those this weekend. Thank you so much for listening. We can't thank you enough. Have a great weekend, everybody.